and you join us today for this, the third attempt to begin the podcast. Uh, having recorded now cold. for, yeah, no, I'm trying to start us off in a, you know, uh, as we gather, oh. I want to be, I want to sound like a, you know, a bit formal. Um, we oh, are okay. half it's an hour. formal. It's just like old people hitting balls with sticks. I, I've got, I was going for like a jubilee or important person's funeral. Um, oh, no, you want to voice more like this for that. I'm Crumbly Bumblington. I want I want to have the gravitas, Dan, of a BBC News oh, presenter. Okay. That's what I want to do. Um, oh, well, like you, well, what you got to do? Uncritical. You've got to go on uh, <laughs> the internet. <laughs> I haven't seen I have no idea what any of that is about. I don't want to know any of it. I, I don't really it's know. the sun being a bunch of cunts. That's the summary. Is it? Oh, no, what else okay. is he? Oh, so he didn't do. Yeah, he's not like he's not like done anything too dodgy then. No, okay. it's nothing. Everything's above board and consenting and all that sort of shit. Oh, good. Um, okay. It's a. It's yeah. a. Is this this basically somebody got in contact with the sun and went, "Can we have loads of money for a story?" And the sun went, "Yeah." And then it it, it turned out to I not mean, be. That's true. that's the sun, isn't it? That's the sun, oh, and in well. Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, hopefully soon. Back. I have a everywhere. good story oh, about the sun just, to just... tell you when we finish <laughs> recording. Uh, oh, interesting. <laughs> How are you, Dan? <laughs> How are you on this? The third time I've asked um, you that question, completely naturally. I'm doing. Uh, I'm yeah? doing better now. I, I I'm slightly worried about the five minute mark because as soon as it was hitting the five minute mark, it, my whole computer was crashing. Yes. We're going to make uh, but I think it was an SD card issue. That's what I think it was, which would explain yeah. why it was the same time on the first two crashes. It was like hitting the same point on the uh, the needle. I think yeah. it's a needle. It's an SD card written with, right, like an old record. Yeah, um, it's like I imagine that it's written like one of those like earthquake detectors they've got. It's the spit <clears> scratching yeah. on the paper. Yeah, there's a little. It's like Flintstones. There's a little bird in there pecking at the at the disc and gets tired. After five yeah. minutes, that's what it is. And his Thank name is is <laughs> what's Quartz. his name? Quartz. Qu- Quartz. I see. Quartz. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> what was that thing that was in watches when we were teenagers that made it? it was it Indiglo? Or is like the it would light up blue? It was like a trade name. That's gonna be one of those things that turns <laughs> out to actually be radioactive. Yeah, I had Spider-Man in mind, so like... Indigo, that's what it was. <laughs> On Timex, I see. Oh, you were fancy. You had a had Timex. Timex. I had a Casio digital <laughs> watch that I, I used to set yeah. to be five minutes uh, earlier, so I always thought I was late because that made me get to things on time. Nice. I know a few people because who do I that. had ADHD... And it's nobody noticed. <laughs> it's a good system. Well, you have to literally change no the time in order to accommodate. Uh, yeah. Uh, com- I am completely time blind. Like, I have three separate alarms reminding me that this is when we have to do the podcast. And uh, 55 minutes ago is when we should have probably started. <laughs> I'm going to keep going down this watch rabbit hole because it reminded me of something that I need to share with the room, which was that I had... As a teenager, I think stolen from my dad's work, a data link watch. Do you know what a data link watch was? Oh, no, you do not. No, but it cool. sounds dorky as it fuck. It was so dorky. It was the first smartwatch. 
and I used to have oh my it. God. it. It would it would connect wirelessly to a computer, right? But the way it connected wirelessly to a computer, because this was in the like the what is it, the, like the late nineties. The way it connected was you. It had a tiny little like camera on it, and you would hold up the watch mm-hmm. to your screen, and your screen would basically like flash Morse code, barcode stuff, and that would copy the data. <laughs> And I remember I used to have my my lesson plan on there, so I knew which lesson I had to go to next. And I thought it was the future. Um, and I mean, arguably it was. It was. An, it was. It took a little way. while to get to the Apple Watch. It was a bit. It wasn't quite there. Isn't that how Rob used to check the uh, for inputs and things? It was flashes on the screen. I think so. Yeah. Nintendo's little robot. Yeah, same with the little, um, yeah, with the light gun, wasn't flashes. it? On the snares as well, it was it was like a flash on the screen, wasn't it? Because light sensors are really cheap, I think. <laughs> so yeah, it's fine. Um, oh, we've gone we've gone past the five minute mic. Five minute mic, it. Mark. Gone past Done. the five minute mic, Mark. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> we look so we're okay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> you know. Kick it into a higher gear now as Mike talks about what. Well, sorry, we missed conversations about uh, Gundam. Yeah. You missed a conversation about uh... Twitter. You were talking <laughs> about you were you were talking about how how Threads was the future of social media. I think you said. Um, That's no, I said. I said Threads was a nineteen eighties horror show. <laughs> it scared me as a child. It's good. Let's um, yeah. Let's then, talk about strange new worlds. Let's let's try and stick to the format. Let's worlds. do it. Yes. Let's do it. Fuck it. We've only got five minutes left. So I already used well, my very uh... very good measure of a man joke on I think recording two of this show, so I'm gonna just <sighs> let you intro it. So, what was it about this week, Dan? Well, this week we did measure of a woman. Oh, he's using the same joke. I respect it. <laughs> That was my, yeah, that's my. That was your Thank joke, you. and that was a good. But you, you, because it's because you're a master broadcaster, Dan. You, you have no compunction doing that. I don't understand the medium as well as you do. So you, you know that you can reuse a joke as long as you don't signpost it. Um, yeah, that's I mean, pretty I'm good, wasn't it? it? How nice is it that they're yeah, doing I mean, Star it's... Trek episodes in this Star Trek show? It is. It's yeah. The don't rely on like nostalgia or looking at the Enterprise doing a Fast and Furious around a board cube. It's definitely one of the formulas, right? How many Star Trek formulaic episodes are there? I feel like it's like about about 30, right? So longer than a season so that it all works. But like there are about 30 stock Star Trek episodes. I feel like this is definitely one of them, the kind of the courtroom episode. I feel like there's one of those in each in each series. Sometimes I would have said there were three. Go on. Go to a planet, there's an alien thing that we misunderstand and then sort it out. Yep. Courtroom drama. Yep. Someone's acting weird, it's probably an alien. You are forgetting something's gone wrong with the teleporters, something's gone wrong with the that, holodeck. That uh, classified under something's under weird, it could be an alien in the holodeck, or it could be well, a if, you, if you go that for all your definitions, Dan, you could just say, I know something interesting happens in space. There you go, done. That's every episode of Star Trek. Uh, excuse me, some episodes happened on Earth. Fuck Ooh, you, Mithal. <laughs> you got me. But yeah, no, it definitely, like, this Carl season... Carl's around Stra- fighting his brother in the vineyard. <laughs> this episode of Strange yeah, New Worlds. That was a good episode. This episode of Strange New Worlds. This series of Strange New Worlds, sorry, seems to be doing 
so far, because I'm a little ahead of you, has done a lot of these stock Star Trek episodes. And I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I like that they're doing yeah. they're doing each of the they're doing the things, Dan. They're doing the Star Trek episodes. We've had, yeah. We've had have to steal the Enterprise for reasons that the Admirals won't understand. Mm-hmm. And we've had oh, we're gonna talk about politics in a courtroom. <laughs> and we're gonna thinly veil some attacks on where we think America currently is in the world. Spoilers, it's not good. And how to fix those problems. It's be nice to each other. That's always been the thing, isn't it? That's always been the thing. to each other. I really... the thing. I always... I like... I think... I think it's Jesse Gender said it, which is... I don't think I've said this even on the show, like, the myth of... The, 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 the central premise of Star Trek is... Um, it fantasizes about a future where we grow ethically at the same pace as we grow technologically. I love that because that is yeah. the perfect encapsulation. Is the idea that we will get we'll get to space, but we'll also learn how to handle ourselves on throughout there, uh, which is ambitious. Yeah, we do and have beautiful. to have a thread situation first, though. We do you mean have, we have to, to start the social media the platform start again. Or... No, fuck you. It's not what's that. Every time they say it, I just. I don't want to be reminded of threads this much. Yeah. I well, I think we all we it's all. It's a good thing it. I like ELO. That's all I'm gonna say. Nice. I I I, <laughs> I'm glad you got it. I I think that I think that makes sense though, doesn't it? In the logic of Star Trek, and also you are touching on themes from an upcoming episode, so I will back off of this this whole conversation. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, look at you. Look at me. Look, look at me. At you. I wrote like five lines for this. I was so enthralled. It was perfect. It was just perfect Star Trek. I really liked it. I thought was. it was, it was what I think, because I think you do have to compare it. Or you don't have to do anything. I like, I think there's benefits to comparing the, uh, <laughs> I love what? that. You're like, you don't actually have to do anything. Right. No, you can, you can live your own life. You got free will. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm a weird you don't even have to listen to this podcast. It's not mandatory. <laughs> I can just go right now. I think. I think it. Ben, I think. I like the. It felt to me like an interesting jump in maturity from something like Measure of a Man, which is very straightforward, kind of courtroom drama, kind of does thing. This felt much. This I, I'd like to watch them both back to back because I just think there's all you can see kind of the evolution of of TV writing essentially in the time between these two, where you've got a lot more thematic coherence. You've got much more interesting kind of character interplay stuff. We're, yeah. we're not just, oh, here's a judge that Picard, you know, tried the Picard maneuver on one time and here's, oh. <laughs> and here's Riker feeling a bit bad because his mate's uh, having a bad time. Geordie's <laughs> stuck in a warp core because yeah. a bee in engineering. <laughs> yeah. Whereas here it genuinely... Like I loved the the character. It's been a couple of weeks since I watched the episode, so I can't remember her name. But the the lawyer character who is like in it for her own reasons and has her own take on this yeah. and her own larger thing she's trying to do. And I think there's there's just a lot more. There's just a lot more. There's a lot more nuance, a lot more texture to it, which I which I appreciated. And I yeah. and, and just all the performances, everyone, everyone swinging for that Emmy in this episode. Just, yes, really, yeah. <laughs> really strong writing and acting across the board, I'd say, in this one. Just absolutely nailing it. I'll tell you what, though. They played against the tropes quite deliberately, which I really enjoyed. Absolutely, yeah. 
because they went, okay, Pike, you can't do a speech. And everyone yes. went, oh, fuck you know. <laughs> That's how we get out of these. Is, you know, the captain comes along and does a rousing speech. Which is always the advice it's... that lawyers give in these situations. Is, yeah. is that's the kind of personality type. That's why that that's the kind of person you don't put on the stand, right? Um, yeah. Because they they yeah, because it's it's just too much. But yeah, I like I like Where's... that. I like I honestly they should have I... brought James Spader in. Should have been a Boston Legal crossover. <laughs> should have just done a Boston Legal episode. We gotta be due. I I mean I am looking forward to somewhere in Hollywood, someone is pitching Boston Legal, but now we cast it with like it's Anthony Rapp is opening his own law practice and like <laughs> <laughs> Jason Isaacs is a rival lawyer. And it's like like the, this era, like bringing this era to doing a Boston Legal, I'd watch that shit out of that. Um <laughs> No, you just what you do is you get Marvel villain in Je- so you go Thanos, get Josh Brolin, yeah, and Picard, and Patrick Stewart, and just the exact same show, just, just remake, re- reboot it with the next. I like that. Although Spader wasn't known for for superhero for villain at that point, you had Spader was at that point aging smarmy former sex symbol. So what would what would be yeah. the? It, Scott, sorry, sorry. It's, okay, so it's, excuse it's, me, excuse the you? fuck me. The problem is all all of the current actors who you would put into that role have all been outed as awful predators, right? Like, there's no one. <laughs> just all the names that came to mind for a person who was slightly smarmy sex symbol of ten years ago, they're all awful people. Yeah. Um, so you can't I really mean, use that, any the, of them. The show even. The show does highlight that. I mean, there there are points where the characters look like there is literally a point where he asks. Um, oh, his character in the show is one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Are we are we sexist? And he's like, I think so. Yeah, we need to do better. His no, well, his character it's is that show. kind of yeah. It's a oh, Boston legal. It's it's poss- It's like my what, third favorite Star Trek series. It really is. I love it. <laughs> James Spader is mm. free because he's just finished the blacklist. The blacklist finished a few days ago. That show was running for a decade, right? That was on forever. Yeah, it's ten. I think ten seasons. It's one of those shows that I always love when someone gets like a, <coughs> someone who's like James Spader or like a Nathan Fillion with mm. Castle just gets something that goes on for fucking ever. Because I'm like, just you, if you're enjoying that show. Also, you're actually comfortably making money and it's not terrifying just going around getting all these auditions and shit. It just must be so nice as an actor to have that consistency of a <laughs> long fucking show. Um, apparently the ending was shit. Uh, <laughs> it's had a few endings, hasn't it? Because I, I, I think Kerry watches it and I've asked her, like, oh, so where did it go? And, like, it's it's kind of nearly ended a few times they've had to, like, what now a few times like they've written a finale and then got another series so i think it's been one of those shows that's just kind of dragged on well past kind of where anyone expected it to be yeah i'm not going to spoil the ending but apparently the ending was goofy as fuck so if you're interested in that the final episode of the blacklist go watch the 300 episodes preceding it and then you'll get to the finale just 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 read about the finale no, I love Joe Spader since I was a kid because um, it was Daniel Jackson in Stargate, mm. in the original film, and then uh, then he was taken over by Michael Shanks, 
for the TV show because Michael Chang's was a lot cheaper than James Spader. <laughs> hmm. um, that's a great role because James Spader just vanishes. Like everything you know about James Spader just isn't in that role. No, he's just very geeky and he he knew the brief, right? He, he knew the brief. Yeah, he kind of went. He for understood it. it and he went, "Oh, they don't want the thing that I'm normally very good at." Mm. And then he did that for a film, and the film's a bit poo. But the TV series that came off of it are very good. I love Stargate so much. We can do Stargate. Well you ever seen Stargate? I I I I got into it for about a week once. I watched like the first season of the TV show, and it was fine. Oh, I, I honestly, my God. it's not. I think it, I think because I was a, I was a Star Trek kid. I remember I definitely watched a bunch of Stargate when I was a kid, but it was very much the kind of oh, is there no Star Trek on? I guess I'll watch Stargate. Like it wasn't, <laughs> and that's and Stargate. I genuinely the movie Stargate. I actually quite like yeah. now I'm an adult. I remember when I watched it as a kid being bored shitless. But the but watching yeah. it as an adult, like it's a better movie than I remember. I don't know if you've watched it recently, but like it's pretty solid. I it's have. okay. I watched it's all right. it within the last few months. Oh well there you go then. Um because um, I genuinely love Stargate so yeah. fucking much. I will go back it's, to the T V show one yeah. day. I started watch rewatching it and I and well, I uh yeah. I've got a great pitch, Mike. Stargate podcast. Stargate. Oh, it's a great big circle. I, oh, no, I when we run out of happening. when they when 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 they when they uh, stop making Star Trek, we can do Stargate. I promise. I mean, they are stop making Star Trek, Mike. They stop Prodigy. They stop Discovery, Mike. The I mean, circle is closing, yeah. Mike. And we'll we'll see how long the strike rolls. It may well be there may well be a lack yeah, of TV shit. and movies to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, I've actually got I've actually got a pitch, Mike. Go for it. I, I watched a film this past week. I had time to watch it. Not Mission Impossible. I did watch that. We'll get, we'll to, get that. to it, audience. We'll get well, to it. Carry on. Tell us, tell I watched us. another film. Yeah. Shin Godzilla. Okay. The the I say new. I haven't seen it, but it's like 2016 or something. Mm. A Japanese Godzilla film. Yeah. Uh, might be one of the best films I've ever seen in my entire life. You're like, they could make a franchise. I, of this. They could do more of these. It's right here. Here's the pitch, Mike. And tell me you don't want to watch this. Japanese, the thick of it with a giant monster. Oh, that's solid. <laughs> that's solid. So you're it's, following. You're following just the humans while all of this stuff is going on, but they're just phenomenally you are following just Or is it specifically Malcolm inept. Tucker is running around? <laughs> no, it's not running around. It's Japanese. It's very stoic and it's very calm. Yeah, there's not no swearing or anything in it, and it's all very just sort of like. But there's a case. It's very like satirical, of a government non-response. There's like a big monster going through the city, and they're like, "Shit, we need to go to the conference room." They do a conference, it's like, "Shit, we need to go to my office." They go to their office, and there's just all this kind of like running around and I love lots this. of harsh takes between places and stuff. I'd watch um, that. I'd genuinely that. brilliant. That's a fun idea, Genu- and it it got me thinking. That yeah. Godzilla is like the peak of what we are looking for in this podcast, which is a series that ramps up. But Godzilla is different because I think Godzilla goes from like Fast and Furious 1 to Fast and Furious 10 in like one film. Like it just (laughs) takes... By the fourth film, like Godzilla's getting transported to space to meet aliens and you're like... Yeah, I don't... This film was so grounded. I don't think I've (laughs) seen any... I think the only Godzilla films I've seen are the... um... The awful uh, Matthew Broderick one from when I was a kid. Ugh. And um, I wish Roman Lambrick, isn't it? Who also did Stargate? 
Everything's a circle. Everything's a circle. All leads back. Well, the nineties definitely all, all leads back. back. The um and, See, then, the, and then the recent <laughs> the recent ones like the starting with the um oh the one the legendary Garth, ones. what's his name the guy who did monsters and then he did Rogue One what's what's his name Garth is it Garth I want to say Garth Brooks definitely not Garth Brooks. Um, it's just Garth from Wayne's World. It's just Garth from Game Wayne's World. Gareth. Garth from Wayne's World versus Gareth Edwards. Garth from Wayne's World versus Godzilla. It's a film I so want to watch. That now. would be good. God's, Godzilla versus Garth. <laughs> I want Garth Merengue's Godzilla. That's what I want. Um, oh, that'll Gareth, take you to some dark places. Gareth Edwards. Uh, yes, yeah. Gareth Edwards. He he did. Um, yeah, I've so seen saw his Godzilla, and then obviously all of that monster movie. Monsters. Yeah, all of those the King Kong one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got a new one coming up at some point, probably. Uh, it's Godzilla X Kong, and then it's got a subtitle. Godzilla multiplied by Kong. That is literally what it is. It's Godzilla Multiplied by Kong is the title. That's fair enough. The new something. New Order, New World, New Something. I can't remember. It's a Godzilla film. Yeah. Yes, I think this format does... And it it also would be a good switch up because obviously I've been the person who knows where it's going. So with Mission Impossible, for example, you don't know where Mission Impossible is going. You've probably got more of an idea, I imagine, because of pop culture. But like Mission Impossible goes to some places. Yeah. On that note, with yeah. Mission Impossible, I learned some things. Should we roll... <laughs> we'll get to that, but I learned, I learned some things. Like, Do you want to go over to Mission Impossible like... or you want to stay on Strange New Worlds? No, yeah. We'll, we'll stay on Strange New Worlds. But actually, no. So, but the thing about Godzilla is I have no idea where... Because <laughs> there's different eras of it. It's different. Yeah. It's like the Toho era, which started it, and then there's the Hesse era, Millennium era, and I can't remember what the current era is called. Um, but it's got three animated films Presumably it's shit like in it, so I don't Thirty know. movies, right? It's gotta be like loads of them. Thirty-three? Yeah. That's one guess. Out, Godzilla minus one is the new one that's coming out at the end of this year. Mm. Um, which is set in post war Japan. Because um, like the original Godzilla is one of the best films ever made. It is it's slow and it is pondering, and it is a Basically, a, a nation that has been gripped by the fact it was fucking nuked twice. Yeah. And the fear that came out of that as they started using nuclear power as an energy source. Of course, and, yeah. Uh, and it just, it's, it's, a, it's a nation's fear mm. represented by a big monster that goes stompy, stompy, stomp. And in that, first, in that first film, you're like, this is like, the reveal of Godzilla is so slow and careful and tense. And like, it's all... There's, I must admit, he does have like googly eyes, and it kind of. There's one bit where he looks at the camera, and it's legitimately hysterical. But apart <laughs> from that, it's so tense, and like the special effects are insane. So they got Godzilla in the background, and they've got the foreground of doing like a split camera thing, and it just it looks amazing. It's truly like for fucking fifty fucking whenever it was fifty four, fifty five, fifty six, fifty six, yeah, fifty four. Thank you, Becker. Becker's our uh, resident Godzilla fan. Solid. Uh, <laughs> It is, yeah, it is just a, 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 an incredible, incredible piece of work. And then the film after that, uh, absolutely fucking shit. <laughs> just terrible. Godzilla, also Godzilla Rides Again, I think it's called. Oh, fuck me. It was made like this, within a year because Godzilla got really popular. Like, oh, we need to do another one. And they're like, what does he do? He's going to fight a monster. But you know how, like, if you're doing like a kaiju battle and you're filming it with people in rubber suits. 
Mm. The one thing you don't want to do is speed that footage up when they're battling. But, no. Um, there was a mistake. There was a mistake when they were shooting one of the battle scenes. Uh, so <laughs> instead of slowing the footage down uh, to make it seem bigger and heavier, which they mm. didn't know was a thing that they wanted to do, uh, they just they they recorded it at the wrong speed, so the footage is played sped up in the film, and it looks like two dudes in rubber suits, kind of no choreography, pretend fighting, mm. and it is absolutely fucking trash. And then Ooh. you've got you've you've you go. Ooh. I just, uh, postman's walking up. I'm just gonna grab a delivery. You fight. Oh, you're gonna grab. A, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen in. I'm gonna say rude. Fit. Oh, sexy postman. Oh, he's wandered off. You've got a lovely moustache. Oh, he dropping off? Yeah, mate. He's dropped nothing off. I thought it was. Uh... I'm a... Anyway, <laughs> probably jumped my. Oh, well, that was ex- oh. I was excited. Briefly there. exciting. I thought yeah, I was getting was something exciting. cool. Ah. Oh. Yep. Some new paint or something for my exciting new Gundam Holly hobby that we talked about. But then the audience has been spared. Yeah. yeah, it's good. And you tweeted. You tweeted your pictures. Go I'm over to them. At Mike Bithell, I would assume, to see uh, what I thought <laughs> was a Transformer into a 90s camera. I don't know. It's SEO, isn't it? I don't know. I'm not going to actually. We get Matt to do that stuff. I write I write books that you can't actually sell, and then I have smart people <laughs> try and sell them for me. That's how this works. It's a good system. You know what I did? You know what I have? I've got three magazine subscriptions, right? I don't live in the current internet world, Mike. I think, honestly, I don't I live that's a better in the way to internet world. Which magazine subscriptions yeah. are you talking? I've got Dog 2 magazine, which I've had for ages. Sure. But I've got some new ones recently. Go on. I am a subscriber to Retro Gaming Magazine. Nice. Because it is a, a bit <laughs> of a gap in my gaming knowledge, and it's an interesting way of seeing there it. There was a thing about also, Thomas was alone, I think, in that magazine that broke my fucking heart. I was like, I'm in a retro gaming magazine. Retro. <laughs> Carry on. Actually, the second about that we'll talk about afterwards. Um, but the... Uh, <laughs> but also Edge. Edge is the other one. Edge okay, magazine. Because I've always wanted, always wanted to read Edge magazine, but I could never really track it down. I went, I'm going to subscribe to it. It's a tricky one to track down. We've had a couple of um, a couple of things on our stuff in there recently, and just trying to find a copy to to check out yeah. <laughs> the article was actually kind of tricky. Um, yeah. But I, it's, you're right. I magazines like magazine. now are more of a an opt in subscription thing, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Which is better. It's a better way of doing it. Like, oh, this is nice. But Edge yeah, is nice, nice though. The, they've always that's always been just a beautiful object as well. Like the graphic design and everything. They really they hit yeah, a polished level with art. It's the, if I'm like in a train station and about to go from like Edinburgh to fucking London or some shit, I'm like, I need a magazine. I need because a magazine is the perfect letter. That's why I think they write magazines hmm. for. It's to do that four hour train journey, right? That that's, is what a magazine is written yeah. for. That was the Edinburgh that London. was the original Yeah, that was the that was what newspapers and magazines were largely, it was largely reading them, commuters, right? But now, obviously, everyone's got a phone, so that's that's nuked the market a bit, but yeah. Yeah, but I, uh, you know, I think we're all going to leave. Because basically, what happened is I lost Reddit, because they got rid of my app that I used. It was like, oh, it's not going to work anymore. They've changed the API, and they want billions of pounds, and we can't afford it. Bye. And I went, oh, I'll get a different yeah. one, and there's no other apps that do Reddit nicely. And I went, all right, well, I guess I have to get my gaming news from somewhere else. Mm. Polygon? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to subscribe to Edge. <laughs> get my third magazine subscription. I, I have no, well. no positive or negative opinions on any video game website, Dan. 
So can I join you in this portion of the... I, uh... I have positive opinions for Eurogamer. I really like the writing on Eurogamer. Mm-hmm. Eurogamer is what uh, I've been reading since I was a teenager, one. yeah. Yeah, to the extent that I recognize enough of the... I've not really ever been a commenter on Eurogamer, but I know the yeah. commenters I like on Eurogamer under articles. Like There's people I will actually go and scroll to and see what they have to say on the subject. I have no idea who they are, but I do actually like reading <laughs> They're all me. I've, I've got so many different alts oh, down there. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm always the one going... Whenever they review something, it's four stars. I'm like, oh, it's going to sell, or is it? That's my current every time. Solid, they, solid. They've reached... Sorry, stupid contacts. Edge. Eurogamer used to do a system where they would either uh, recommend a game or, like, say, this is really fucking good. Or kind of give it nothing. Yeah. They kind of gave it... A, there was two badges. It's like a gold it. It a silver, silver medal and a gold if I remember medal. right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And it was essential. That was it. it was essential and recommended and then, like, meh. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And that was great because you can go, this game's fucking essential and you need it in your life. Even if you're not a fan of the genre, give it a go. Yeah. Uh, and then they went, we're going to swap this out for a five-star system. Yeah. And I went, uh Mad Crick, and I don't do that. I really, really like having recommended essential or... Eh. Well, that's how Which people nice. talk in real system. life, isn't it? Like when you're talking to your mates about something, yeah. it's either... Yeah, you got to get it. Oh, I guess get it if you like it. Or nah, don't bother. That's like those are the three yeah. layers of of interest I will express yes. to someone rec- when recommending stuff. And, yeah, um, having that interest. But now it's a. And the first review they did was uh, Breath of the Wild Two. Names escaped me completely. What was it called? Mm. What was it called? What was Breath, Breath of the Wild Two? Um. Yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. Right. Just came out. Tears of the Kingdom. That's yeah. the one. That was their first one, and they gave it four out of five. And everyone went, aha, we see what you're doing. Trying to be the one that gets in on that Metacritic. You know, being the lowest score of Metacritic. Get those hate comments, push up all the things. Um, But loads of people did that, so didn't that? Also, the game wasn't very good. Um, (laughs) It's fine. But now, almost every game they reviewed, they're getting a four. They're giving a four to. It's it's literally like 90% of the games that they reviewed is getting a four. Every time, every time there's a four, I go. I'm like, oh shit, let's go down the comments. There's always one guy going, oh, it's as good as Zelda, is it? And I'm like, yeah, you go, <laughs> you go, man. I need to go and see what they gave. Uh, I need to go and see what they gave uh, Tron Identity to see if your theory matches up. If they they review like three games a year, like I would be surprised if they reviewed it. They might not have done. Oh my God, too we gonna... but yeah, they review like. Nothing, which is why I like their old system because it was this is really good, you should play this thing. Which is what I like to do the positivity side of things, you know. That's what I want to, that's what I like to promote. I like to, that's why I find Scott one I'm... out of five. That's <laughs> like back off immediately. I hope it's got a four, so I can be like, oh yeah, that game you made is as good as Tears of a Kingdom. <laughs> I think it is. Let's find out. Let's find out. Mike's Googling himself. This could be like a, a section of the show. <laughs> Mike Googles himself. I don't do that often. Oh. You literally do. You do I? literally... I mean, the last episode, didn't you go and try... Or the one before, you went to try and get a book. Uh, with those, yeah, it was last episode. You were looking for the thing that I wrote about you in Fuck Yeah Video Games. I mean, come on, Mike. Only because I thought your you joke was good. Talk about you. And I remembered a better joke... Than yeah, you right. actually put in there. So, 
This is a new segment. Every Matt's episode, right anyway. I'm, gonna Mike, I'm gonna get Mike to Google something. <laughs> ah, actually, Matt, my handwriting shit. Matt can't replicate my shitty handwriting. Oh, fair play. I, I don't think I don't think Tron did get. A, I don't think Tron Identity did get a review in Eurogamer. So there you are. Yeah, that makes sense. They're, they're yeah. shit. They're not a place I go for reviews. They're a place I go to find about interesting, cool indie things. Yeah, which is yeah. they're good at yeah. surfacing that stuff. Sure. Yeah, it's just yeah. Anyway, 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 anyway. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a four. Mike, it's as good as Tears of a Kingdom, a game I just said was shit. <laughs> I don't. I don't care anymore, Dan. You've just you've hurt me to my core with the googling section. I I'm never gonna. <laughs> Never going to look up something it, to continue conversation ever again. No. Forget it only it. hurts because it's true. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that is the main reason it hurts. I'm like, hey, they've got this new review system. You're like, me? Me? <laughs> validation? Like, external validation? <laughs> A new number I can build self-worth around? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I got one. I got one review for fuck yeah video games from a newspaper. One, oh yeah, apart from the Sunday Times, which you know it's a bestseller. But one one place reviewed it and gave it a three out of five, and I went, "It's you think it's that good? I'm gonna find this review. <laughs> this is like this was this was dumb shit that I wrote for for people who are like me. I didn't expect like a normal <laughs> like in the review. The negative is like I just don't know who this is for. And I'm like it's for just me. Yeah. <laughs> That's who it's for. It's for people who've played the exact same games I have. It's for people who got the demo disc of fucking Toomba and played it for seven years. Oh, I found... Shit, did I you found... see that? They're re-releasing Toomba. They're I'm re -releasing sorry, I'm busy. Toomba. I, I just found the review of your book, so I'm busy. Oh, God. Oh, it's behind the paywall. Google's oh, you clever bastards. You clever bastards. It's a paywall. Yes! It's a paywall. Like, oh, look at it. Oh, it's Telegraph. Oh my goodness! This is uh, the best opening to review ever. I can I can enjoy this because it's not about my stuff. A few years ago, I tried to sell publishers a proposal for a book on video games. I had no luck, and I'm sure the rest of this review will read exactly how I think <laughs> it will. On that basis, <laughs> that is that. I just I remember reading that the first time because someone sent me a picture of it in the paper, and I went, <laughs> I kind of just wanted to go. Your Honor, <laughs> this seems like a conflict of interest, Your Honor. <laughs> oh, Well, that was a joke. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a, yeah. I love that little stupid book. It's fun. It's fun. It is fun. It's not like, I like the page my current book that is literally. <laughs> it's not like my current book, which is a, a nightmare hellscape of. I'm really excited to, to read very, it. Though. Very I careful. can't wait to read it. Your new book genuinely appeals. Like I will, I would, I would read that book if I didn't know you. Like that's my kind of book. Well, that, so I'm excited nice. to read that one. Yeah, that's I'm nice. rereading a Stephen King time travel book at the moment that I like. Oh, which one's um, that? That is called. It's a sequence of numbers. I can never remember. It's. Uh, I'm going to have a quick look at it. Where is it? Uh, 11 It's about a guy um, going back in time to try and save JFK. But it's genuinely very charming and folksy. And if you like Stephen King books, it's very much a Stephen King book. Um, Fun. Yeah, I like it. It's about a I, writer. Um, 
Is it? All his thoughts are always about writers. Is it about Does he live in this small town? No, but it is. It's one hundred percent. It's it's that that same shit again. I love it. There's a there's a there's a chapter that opens with the line. Uh, no writer would dare to write a coincidence this obvious, but <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I love Stephen King so much. Lampshade it, lampshade it. Lampshade it. He's, oh, yeah. lampshades on top of lampshades with interesting backstories <laughs> for that lampshade that establish that actually there's some weird mystical oldie power associated with the lamp. Yeah, it's great. I love it. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward I to see. reading your book. I need to. Yeah, and at the moment, my life is. This podcast and that book, that is all I'm doing. But like, I that am writing it when I'm awake and then I'm going to sleep. It's not, it's a fucking nightmare. I Do you, really, have, you have other hard. podcasts, don't you? I thought you podcast with other people. Are we exclusive? No. Well, I do the podcasts with that's John and Mike, but that's basically therapy. Oh. That's, we, I do that like reluctantly once a month because, like, look, I, lo- I love them both, but John's a fucking imbecile. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But like, he's really smart about nothing important uh, when it comes to anything <laughs> of vague importance. I you just I, uh, like there's nothing there. Dad, I don't want to be a if dick. You, but, if you, uh, this, uh... hey, no, yeah, well... no, I lean into the science. Paradox leans into the science a little more mm. than I think people are expecting. It's not like by any stretch of the imagination, it's not hard sci-fi. I'm like, this is how the time travel works. Uh, but it's the tone is, this is how the time travel works. I know you've got questions. <laughs> Just wait, all right? You've got You're to have every, good, every good time travel story has to have the, char- the scene where a character basically looks down the lens and says, don't fucking worry about it. It's good. Just don't I've worry about, about it. I've got four of those scenes. You need those scenes. Book. You need those scenes. Every good time travel story has that scene. Um, I do. I am playing into the tropes. There's quite a lot of luring people in with tropes. So I'll tell you yes. But it's kind of. I'll tell. I'll tell you one thing, Mike. I'll give you. A, do you want a unique, special, uh, interesting thing? You're only going to tell me. You're not going to tell anyone else. You're not going to. You. This is just, just for you. me. It's just for, go for it. Just yeah. you. Just me. I'm writing this draft now, and when this draft is done, it's going off to the publishers, right? We're in the sort of like, and then That's there'll be another draft after that. But this is like the sort of like, it's now on the release, like it's it's now moving. This is final, um, final dot doc, but not final, final, final dot doc. Yes, exactly okay. that. Yeah. Um, a character that had previously survived the book no longer survives <gasps> the book. Okay. Is that character called Mike Bethel? Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll know about that because I'll look at the index and find my own name. Um, so I'll be good. There, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying anything, Mike, but there is a chance that you are mentioned by name. No, I'm not. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. You, you are That would ruin name. it for me. That would genuinely... I'd be sat reading it. And I'd be like, God damn it, Dan. You've killed the fiction for me here. You've killed the tone. Well, it's uh, it's you'll see, but there right. is a uh, don't you have a to know you, you Mike Bithel reference? If you mention me, you've got to, like you've got to like legally you've got to like reach out when you and get my permission to use my name. No, no, no. I think you do. <laughs> no, no. You, you really don't. You really don't. Really? Is that right? Okay. Not fun. Really don't. You're, we in the book right now. Is this a, a scene in the book? 
I'm a character, the character of Mike Biffle. I'd say if you were a character. Any resemblance to real people, living or dead. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's got a few... I'm like, because fuck you, video games, I, like, didn't reference anything I've ever done. Yeah. Like, I didn't reference YouTube. A lot of people thought that was weird, but I was like, I want it to be its own product. There are a Mm. few kind of YouTube-y references to things that I've done on YouTube kind of just they're really obscure like if you're a big fan you'll read a thing and go oh my god you're clearly pointing at this thing and i and i am but like that's a there's a go there you go there's a little that's an exclusive mm. for this podcast that there are easter eggs scattered throughout the book and one of them might be related to you i'm very excited to find out are you doing an audio and i might spell you I might spell your name wrong on purpose. Uh, I as long as you don't have a C, we're fine because I've been dealing with that joke my entire life. Um, yeah, wait, at a C? I don't need to give where? you ideas. No, no, tell me where would you add the C? Oh, oh bitch out! Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Thanks, Mike. Oh god, bitch out is in the book. Oh no. I'm gonna. Ch- I think his name was Mike Bitchell. <laughs> Literally, that is now in the book. Like, no. look at me. I'm writing. Even when I'm doing oh. this. Oh, you're Mommy such an artist. Me. It's so exciting to be exposed <laughs> to your creative process. <laughs> did you? Did you want to? We're forty minutes in. Did you want to talk about Star Trek or Mission Impossible at all? Just to check in. Yeah, we do, this is what we do. We just chat, and I then know, they'll I know, come but up. I, but I, you see, my role in the showdown is to occasionally put drag us back, kicking and screaming, to the uh, to the content. Should we move on to Mission Impossible? Strange World's excellent, brilliant, loved it, really good. Mission Impossible, there your first Mission was... Impossible movie. Hang on, wait. I'll go on. Hang on, wait. There was a thing I wanted to say about, I mean, have a look at the thing. Because I did write, like, a few notes. I want to see if there's a few things. Uh... Oh, there was a reference to it being no permanent bioengineering. They specified the word word permanent. Oh, because they're um, constantly I, fucking with people's genes in Star Trek. Uh, because in Left, especially right, in Strange New Worlds, yeah, in Strange New Worlds, they're like, yeah, we'll we'll fuck your bioengineering in the first episode. We'll yeah. make you look like this alien race. Fuck it. And I thought Absolutely. that was a nice sort of um, cling on fighting juice as well. Actually. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just um, looking down the lens with a smirk at the audience members who were up to date on Strange New Worlds. Carry on. <sighs> Stop being ahead. It's that's funny. Catch up. Um, I can't. I, 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 I can if you want. I can stop watching it. Or we can just do one mega episode where we catch up with Strange New Worlds. I literally don't have the fucking time. I wish fair I did. Play. I'll just continue to lord it over you then. You carry on. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I'll continue yeah. to miller it over you then. It's a lord of miller joke. Right, let's carry on with... Uh, we had good Spock. There's a good Spock little bits and pieces. The Vulcan we had a lot of good Spock. He's fucking great. He's, He's so really- good. I'm I really loving... like him. Yeah. I think it's verging on slightly silly, but I think it's the sort of thing that Data would have said. The, I'm sorry you mm. had to witness that outburst. And it's just two Vulcans sitting with ever so slightly yes. off body language. I, but I think, so I maintain, I think tonally it works. I think, I think if you think about how stagey original Star Trek was, what Nimoy's doing yeah. is like a layer above that. I think if you're doing kind of, charming smirky star trek in the modern day which i like and i think works then you you have to bring spock some of that distance you the character has to evolve a little bit to match that tonally and i think it works i think it works 
And there's still lots. I he's still not as silly as he could be by any means, except where oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they have a good narrative reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's drunk and singing with a Klingon to stop. Love it. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah. The one note I want to put out was I love that the resolution of this episode, which was uh, pointing its, its thing, a lot of uh, reactive politics around the world was having a go out. I love that the resolution was to make number one an asylum seeker. Mm. That's so Star Trek. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it made me genuinely tear up. I was like, oh. That's yeah. such a... With all this fucking... Because the news... This, if you've been paying attention, the news has been like... Rishi Sudak's on the fucking... Standing on the cliffs of Dover with a sniper rifle. saying, like, I'll get him this time! <laughs> Um, and you, you know, you watch Star Trek, and you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe we'll be okay. Well, that's always been Star Trek's role, and I, I, yeah. I, I like it when when that makes it into the show. I also think Star Trek is about silly, fun space stuff. I think I like I like the alternation yeah. of that, but like, yeah, that's. I think it works thematically. It feels. I think as well, it really uses. It's a perfect way of using the kind of the the metaphor and subtext of star trek correctly it's like it's 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 a sci-fi story it's a story about a very specific interesting future sci-fi scenario and it it maps and tracks to our modern problems but it's not overwhelmed by them and it but it allowed through that it allows it to kind of uh explore those issues i think it's a really well balanced episode it says what it wants to say but i don't think it it doesn't forget that it's star trek i think it, it, it finds that balance really well um, yeah, so, I mean, I like one slight note is that they are—they do keep kicking the World War Three eugenics war can down the road uh, because that was supposed to happen in like the 1990s. That has happened. <laughs> like, no, no, it was meant to happen in like the fucking 80s originally, right? Like it's been. Oh, I thought it was the 90s. Did... Was it kicked down to the 90s then? I, it's been kicked a few times. I, I might be wrong about it not being in the 90s, but like even in the 90s, they had to address and delay it. Like that's been their yeah. first contact it's kicks it further down the road. There's, they've been quietly, <laughs> it's always been about 20 years away. Um, yeah. Which makes sense. That's what it feels like whenever you read the news. <laughs> it does feel like. Well, that's that's telling, right? Sure. That is, I, there is there is an argument that part of the human condition, people have always been convinced convinced the end of the world is nigh. That has been a, that has been an yeah. element of popular culture since there's been culture. Humans have always done yeah. that. There's records yeah. throughout history. Everyone is always convinced there is clearly something in our makeup that makes us convinced that the world is about to end at all times. And I, I find that comforting yeah. to an extent, right? Like the, the, there's, there's definitely a lot of very bad things happening. We should take them seriously, but it's kind of comforting that there's, there's been bad things before and humanity's kind of overcome. And I think, yeah. so I think, yeah, it makes sense. It makes, it makes sense that we would, if that is a fear that humans just have on a very basic guttural level, then it makes sense that, you know, there would be a, an entertainment thing or an art thing that kind of, puts the opposite argument forward right that optimism um so yeah. it makes sense to me because that is star trek is reactive sense. in that way it is reactive yeah. to a to a basic well, human not reactive theory. reflective no i think it's reactive i genuinely i think it's a star trek is reacting to the issues of the day in which 
whichever Star Trek iteration was made. Gene Roddenberry made Star Trek because of what was happening in the world around him, right? And since then, the good Star Trek that has existed over the years since has always been kind of very reactive to the moment that it's being made. Um, oftentimes in ways you could that then say it's reflective of the moment that it's been I don't made. think it's reflective. I think it's reactive. I think it's, I think it's, I, I don't think it's, I think it is, I think it's aggressively and intentionally acting as a counterpoint. I don't think that's reflective. I think, re- sorry, if something's reflective, that means it, it encompasses the qualities of something else, right? Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a mirror held up to, like, I don't think Star Trek is a, a mirror held up to the current day. I think it's a, an, an often angry, a generally positive statement about what's being what what we should be doing instead. I think it's just I think it's two steps down the road from that. Yeah, semantics. I don't know. I mean, we just we just watched an episode where the woman, you know, there, there was a woman on trial for being, you know, she's like, oh, you you were this way and this thing and what, and I'm like, this is you're talking about the trans issue. You're talking about but that's not LGBT the that's, rights sorry, right that's not yeah, that's not the point I'm making. The, the point I'm making is a bad version of that episode. Would have been reflective in the sense that it would have shown that it would have <laughs> gone. Star J.K. Rowling. It would have gone. This is rip, but it would have said this is really bad. This is a terrible thing that's happening. That would be reflective. Yeah. The reason I'm saying oh, it's okay. reactive is they're saying no. It should be this yeah. way, and that's where I think Star Trek yeah. always takes that extra step. It's it's very easy, and you know we're both we're both writers. Um, it's very easy to be reflected. What? It's very easy to go, isn't the world rubbish in this particular way? But, but Star Trek actually has an opinion and a direction. When it's good, it has an opinion and a direction of where where we could go instead. And that's, I think that's why people love it, in my opinion. Uh, Mike, Mike. Yeah, I got very I find serious. It, I, find it really, I find it really hard to write like that and be negative like that. I can't do it. I feel like it's not what I would want to read. I like it when things are... But they don't have to be nice. I can have characters getting their fucking ripped in half and shit, you know. Mm. Uh, but like, it has to be. I don't know if it was all. Everything was doom and gloom, and then it just ends. Oh, we need to talk off this because I've got a thing coming up, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't talk about it. Yet. I'm like, ah. this is this podcast stopped being for the audience a fair few episodes ago. And I this, uh, like this, it for that, you know. I, I I love you all, listeners, but I don't think this I don't show was ever for the audience, was it? This is this is this is two nerds talking loudly in the corner of the pub while you're trying to have a drink. That's what this podcast is. Um, <laughs> no, that's fine. What else on your notes? What else? Yeah. What else did you think as you were watching it? That was it. Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was that was it for notes. It was. So great. shall we move on to the no, second most important thing that Paramount has ever made? Yes. Mission Impossible. Wait, your first Paramount? time watching it. <laughs> I want. Yeah, it was. I, want, I didn't recognize a fucking second of it. I want the blow by blow because I was I rewatched it and I'd not seen this film for years because I usually when I'm doing a rewatch I'll usually jump in at two weirdly because I remembered one as being kind of dull but I think again I think I was just too young when I watched it for the first time because I watched it this time and I genuinely fucking loved it and I mean I'm fascinated yeah. to hear what it's like if you don't know where anything's going if you don't even know the point were you familiar with what Mission Impossible was as like a TV show going in do you know how much ah, you know no but that is going to answer some questions that I've got written down yeah oh okay so a lot of my notes about this was like 
how heavily is this stealing from like the 60s and 70s spy genre? Like from the oh, opening titles, the opening yeah. titles is very sort of that old school. The music, like the theme song, I know it's like well, well heard and etc. But like when I was listening to it, watching that title, I was like, this could have aired in the fucking 60s. And yeah. then it's stuff like, I don't know, just the way the boardroom stuff was shot. And it felt like we're doing this thing. We're doing the mission. The mission's gone wrong. Ooh, we, and it felt like... Like I was watching an episode of the fucking Avengers or something. Oh, I need the, to, the I need to give one, you like a like ten me. minute. I need to give you like a ten minute framing then for this. If you know what Mission Impossible was, then yeah, okay. So, I thought this was Mission Impossible. So oh, I thought it started there. Okay, so Mission Impossible in the sixties, um, CBS noticed um, that Bond was doing well, and the people were into spies now. And I think I think this predates Man from Uncle. I'm not sure about that one, but basically they went, let's make a spy TV show. So it was basically, yeah, every week was a mission. Should you choose to accept it, the team would they the team would kind of come together. They'd recruit a couple of specialist guest actors, usually Leonard Nimoy, and then they would go <laughs> and like they'd have to do a heist or they'd have to go and do a job. And it was just a very classic 60s episodic. All of the tropes you're thinking of that, like, you know, are like the, um, that are 60s spy TV show is you're thinking of Mission yeah. Impossible. And it was a, so obviously it was massive and then died out. And then there was a, I think there was a reboot or with the same cast in the 80s, which was, yeah. which was them a bit older and like one of the, what we now call like a legacy call where it's like cut some of the old actors, some of the new actors, and it was a whole thing. And then this was the kind of the movie, we're going to do a movie. And they, so they started production on the movie and the main character in the TV show was Jim Phelps, who's the boss of, mission, of the MI4, Mission Impossible, the Impossible Mission Force. Um, and he yeah. had his crew and he put them together. And that was the show they were going to make and then obviously Tom Cruise was this rising star. You know, he'd had some mega hits with Paramount already with Top Gun. And they basically said, we have to put Tom Cruise in this. And once Tom Cruise was in it and had producer role, he kind of slowly but surely made his character more and more important. And of course, what <laughs> is what was genuinely a shocking twist to the audience that everyone fucking dies 10 minutes into the movie was like, yeah. that was... That was such a twist, and people didn't know it was coming yeah. at all. Like from the from the from the marketing, so that was a massive. That is the equivalent of like doing a Star Trek movie, and you kill off everyone except Geordie in the first ten minutes of the movie. And it's <laughs> the other thing that was a big controversy was the original actor who played Jim Phelps in the TV show was kind of rallying to be in it and was and it was a, a big the fans were very upset that it was a entirely new actors playing the roles they were even more upset when all those characters then died very shortly into the movie and their hero <laughs> was the Valentine. spoilers so you didn't have any of that awareness so for you mission impossible no. was a tom cruise franchise so for you that's what you, i thought you were you weren't surprised presumably by the whole crew getting killed then because you're like oh this well, is just my no i was because i was like because they spent time introducing him and then i was like yeah. oh shit that's a hell of an act one. It is amazing. So that's even more of a... Yeah, that's even more of a... So that a... would have hit even harder Wait, for the we... audience at the time. Sorry, go on. I'll tell you what, Mike. We can flip this podcast. We could do the Star Trek movies in the Mission Impossible TV series. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen an episode of the original show. 
I've never, it's not one that comes oh. around very often, but yeah, it was massive in its day. So this that, was, well, this, that explains yeah. a lot of my notes. Because I literally, all my notes are like, why does this feel like it was from the 60s? It's because it was homaging and the sequel to something from the 60s. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes, yep. Okay. So, yeah. so, yeah. so, so that, that's, that's really cool and surprising. I love the, the setup there. Um, actually, oh, actually, fuck! I've got a brilliant question for you. This this comes from Rebecca, right? This is a, yeah. this is an amazing question that made me sit and think for a really long time, because it's what <laughs> you were saying about Tom Cruise slowly made his character the bigger character, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you name a film that Tom Cruise is in where he's not the lead? Um. Yes, Tropic Thunder. That's the one I came up with. It's the only one I can think of. That's, I mean, that's the outlier. I'm trying to think if there's another one. It would be something like that where he's got like a little carrier. Oh, weird one. Rock of Ages. He said, what, the Jack Black? No, you're thinking School, of, school Rock. of Rock. Rock of Ages, <laughs> is, it's a jukebox it, musical. That's a, he plays that like one an with aging the big rock star. That rolls down a hill and you've got to run over the enemy team and they've That's got a Rock of Ages, well. the video game. I see what you're doing there. It's very good. Um, no, Rock of Ages. <laughs> rock. So it, someone posted this up. That I, like there's a 10-year span for Tom Cruise where he was in nothing you remember. Like he had a real career yeah. lull. I think it was between two – between I think it's between Mission Impossible 2 and 3 – he was just kind of out in the wilds a little bit. And then obviously, you know, these movies site, I think it's four, which made all the money. Three did okay, but four is very much the fast five of the uh, Mission Impossible franchise where it just started making all the fucking money and, the, and you know, researched. I, mean, I, I only, I genuinely only thought there were three. <laughs> like, I was like, oh yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And then it turns out there's the seventh ones in the cinema at the moment. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, and they're Which all is seven part one. fucking fascinating. Um, and and for the first few, they are definitely like struggling to work out what this franchise is. Like this is, I yeah. mean, and going back to this first one, like this is like, I mean, it's De- it's a Brian De Palma movie, so it's like weirdly sexy. It's aggressive yeah. close ups. It's it's. Yeah. It's a movie that like smells like cologne, right? It's got kind of a, it's kind of seedy, <laughs> in a way that I. It's a movie that if it was in a bar, you'd put your hand over your drink. It's, it's got that vibe. Make... It's a little yeah. bit. It's from that era though, where, where 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 protagonists in movies were like depicted as being kind of horny, um, and that was yeah. just normal, um, and that's that's something that definitely now, is everyone's sexless. Yeah. It swung Everyone. completely in the opposite direction. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, it's... Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, no, it's, it's, I genuinely really fucking loved going back to it. And it's, it's funny as well. You can see the roots of a lot of stuff that's in the later films. Cause it's very, once, if you, it, once you get, once we're, you know, a few weeks from now, when you're later on, you'll be like, this is not, this isn't the same franchise as where it started, but you go back and actually, you know what? There's a lot of stuff in there where I'm like, Oh, that's I didn't realize that was a reference to something that happens in this movie. Oh, that's a callback to this and blah blah. blah. Um, but it's also yeah. those areas it's aged weirdly as well, like with the um, the internet, the depiction of the internet from the era when nobody <laughs> knew what the internet was. 
is amazing. Yeah. I, I love that there is a Bible fucking discord in that film where you, <laughs> you, you discuss per line. You have to type in the verse number to get into each room. I mean, user groups and were so a little bit like that back in the um, day. You're probably too not young. Not per line to... of the Bible. That's a lot of Bible. shit. That's very specific. <laughs> um, the, the leap he goes on to get there is genuinely amazing. Like, I still yeah. don't fully understand the deduction that's trying to be depicted there. Like, that's well, a it's lot. Great, cause it, it's great. He works out the, the whole Bible thing, and he sees the thing and reads that. He's like, oh, shit, look, Bible 314 job. Oh, oh. And he goes on the computer, and the first thing he types in for the potential, like, way of connecting to this person is the word Bible. <laughs> <laughs> No extra detail. He's like, Bible, got it. That's all you need. <laughs> that's all you need. There was, there was a bit of the film I legitimately had to rewind because I went, okay, I don't think I took in what happened there. Mm. Because two things happened simultaneously. We'll get, well, fuck it, we'll get to that. I'll go through sort of what happened. Um, mm. Everyone was smoking on airplanes, which just seems like a fucking nightmare. You know how that's shit air wild. travel is? Could yeah. you imagine air travel, but also cigarette fumes? It's wild. And and watching movies off tapes. I need to look up if that was a thing. That, I literally have written that down. I've literally put movies on I'm, cassettes and all kinds. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do, do the research now. Because presumably it must... Because I thought it was that basically it used to be like the, there'd be a movie playing on the plane, basically, and you, you weren't... I wonder if this was some first class bullshit where everyone else in the plane has like a fixed movie they have to watch, but in first class you have a selection of tapes. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna look yeah. this up. Uh, I'm gonna guess that that's not the case, and they did it for just this film because that seems like something in first class people would have was movies on cassettes. I'm gonna assume that's wild. not. Actually, if you're talking about random gadgets on uh, uh, planes, I can. I can. Talk about the uh, the Sega Air. What the fuck was it called? There was a, a Sega Mega Drive console that only worked on Japan Air flights. And you it didn't have anything on it. It was just like a controller. But it had a Sega Mega Drive built in. And you had to plug it into the screen. Mm. And then you could play your Sega Mega Drive games. It was literally it was just a this. Sega Mega Drive with no way of playing it. Um, aside from if you got a screen. I, they must have sold it for a little bit as well. But that would have been a... Because you could bring your own cartridges to plug into it. I do remember playing taking... Mario on a plane. I have this really vivid memory as a kid of playing Mario on a plane. So there must have been like a SNES in a plane at some point. Because I remember doing... I rem I've, I can remember <laughs> playing Mario on like a screen in a plane. I'm sure of that. That is Samuel Jackson's lowest point, SNES on a plane. <laughs> that film was not good. <coughs> it was freaking tapes. It was freaking tapes. Freaking tapes. Used to be on tapes. Eight millimeter film cassettes. And film attendants would like offer them out. That is 100% depiction. That That is, of everything Fuck in the yeah. movie, that's the thing that ages it the most. That's the thing that makes it feel genuinely like it's from a different era. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Tom Cruise's kept in shape well enough that like it's obviously he looks older now than he did when it filmed but he doesn't look that much older he doesn't look like yeah that's it so it kind of the whole series because it is just it's only 
seven movies, right? Like in you know, but they've been spread out so much. Like it, it, it's it's a lot. It feels when you're rewatching them, it feels like they're closer together in time than they actually were. There were some big gaps there. Predominantly, I think between yeah. two and three was the one where there was a large gap. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the um, there it is. That's the um, yeah. So they had tapes anyway. We've not moved past the first scene. So they smoked and they watched stuff on tapes. <laughs> Which then era. exploded, and then which I guess that for seems you, like a dangerous thing. That's not an iconic thing, then, right? The whole because that was how every oh this tape will destruct in a few seconds. That's in every. I guess that's pop culture enough now that you just knew that. Right? Yeah, that was just a thing. But that yeah. that started. I'm assuming then in the original Mission Impossible TV show, which is I used to watch a load of these, like Man from Uncle and and. I felt like the Avengers is eighties now. I've said it, but um, mm. it's seventies. I can't remember. Actually, now I kind of think about it, the Avengers was just punching people in the face, like the eighteen was. But it doesn't matter. Uh, all these things have blended together in my mind. Everything has merged. Everything is. I'm so. Oh, time just okay. keeps going, Mike, and it just. I know. Just, I just want it to stop and let me catch up. <laughs> Major Nelson just left Xbox, and I don't even. I know that feels like the end of an era. That does. That is like, oh my god, damn! I never met him. I've never met. I never met. Um, never met him. Never met Larry Herb. His, I thought his real name was Major Nelson. It is. Pick, why would you pick Nelson as a call name? I just assumed he owned the fact he was called Nelson. <laughs> That's okay. My heart's broken now. You've—he's left, and you've ruined the mistake. <laughs> I apologize. This is like this is like modern day Undertaker, where he's dropped the character for interviews and stuff after all this time, and it's just like a guy called Mark. I <laughs> watched just a like... massively long eye patch wolf video about the Undertaker, and I now understand wrestling, so I can actually engage with you. Yes. On that topic. Yes, wrestling's the best thing. Wrestling is the best thing. Have you have you watched have you watched that guy's videos on uh, wrestling? It's a really good no, interview. There's listens so to much this fucking like wrestling. Me, I don't have time to watch anything other than if wrestling. Anyone listening like me doesn't give a shit about wrestling. There's a, video, a YouTuber called Ipatch Wolf who makes lots of good stuff, but has done a couple of episodes on um, ex- explaining, you know, wrestling and why it's interesting, and did a Search really good it. job of convincing me that you're not talking nonsense. Have you ever seen? There's a video, I think it's called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. That's a... I've a not seen stunning, that one. That's a stunning... That's, that basically goes through the story of Triple H. And it is a wonderful, funny, in-depth Send it my way. single character. Send it my way. I'm into it. That's it the thing. Down. It's the same with me, like, in sports and stuff. Like, I love the narratives. I just am not interested enough to engage with them over years or months. If you give me a nice, yeah. chunky two-hour documentary about the career of an athlete, I'll love it. But I don't I don't care enough to engage on, like, a, a real-time depiction I, of that story. In a chat, I can link you to a 24-minute... <laughs> Video Send me you that. can watch. I love I it. it in the chat it. of the Disky Chords. Oh, look at that. Um, Technology. You know, I'd watch that on a plane, on a tape, if I was um, a slightly <laughs> corrupt leader of the Impossible Mission Force, IMF. 
They I never, got one more thing to show you. I don't you. know if wait, they wait, wait, actually... Got, wait, wait, wait. Make... I've got to show you something, Mike, because I feel like you're not a wrestling fan until you've seen this video. So I'd like you to click on that second video I've sent you. We're going to watch this it. now. It's two and a half minutes long. Okay. I'm going to show Mike the debut of the Shockmaster. I'm watching. <laughs> Man with white so hair this, is you can watch Ric Flair there talking. Basically, they've been hyping this guy up as there's a new guy coming who's part of this team and he's going to be the bestest, most badass wrestler. And his whole gimmick was his identity was going to be hidden away. There's Sting, okay. who is still wrestling to this day there, dressed up in the face paint. Um, and still, it's still... Uh, yeah, it was, it was basically going to be this big deal. This guy was like this big, massive, colossal deal and he was going to come along... And he was gonna literally shock the world because he is the, the shock, shock master. master. This is classic eighties okay. wrestling because it's just a whole bunch of people not looking at the camera, shouting at each other. I was gonna say the large men are shouting. <laughs> large men are shouting. Uh but oh. but the shock master comes in I'm and ready. it is glorious. They've gone out <laughs> to get him. What is this set they're in? Is this like a a, a talk show or it's just what it looks like. Oh my god, the line is he's going to shock the world because he is the shock master. You weren't making that up. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> His head came off. His helmet came off. That's, that's, just a, that's just a shock trooper painted with glitter. That is a stock trooper helmet. I'm, With glitter I'm guessing, on, I'm guessing that they shows were definitely live. didn't have the license for. <laughs> and then he comes in and he stacks it because there's like a bar underneath the fake wall that he comes in through, and his helmet immediately comes off, revealing who it is and killing the next many, many months of wrestling. So is this live? This <sighs> must be live, right? Live, obviously. live on a pay per view, if I remember rightly. <laughs> oh my god. Just, it's one of my favourite beautiful moments in wrestling history. The best thing is, if you watch it back and listen to it, you can hear Ric Flair go, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, see, that's wrestling. That's, uh, that's, that's one of the, the many best. There's another one that I'll, I'll show you afterwards. That is, uh... I mean, credit, credit to everyone else for still, for, for sticking with it. Yeah, oh. They kept going. They kept going. The show Rick, must go Rick on. Flair's, oh, God. Yeah, but that glittery... <laughs> that, <laughs> that fucking glittery Stormtrooper helmet. They could get away with that! That's... <laughs> That is, uh, oh dear. Wait a minute, that's wait a minute, beautiful... wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just send me a link to a Max Landis video? Wait, when? This wrestling isn't wrestling. That's Max Landis, man. Do you know who Max Landis is? Who the fuck's is? that? No. I don't think we have time on this show. Um, This is, yeah, oh, I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. That's interesting. I was like, I know the username up to my knees. Where do I know the username up to my... Oh, my God, that's Max Landis. Oh, no. Um, yeah, he's apparently oh, no. not a very oh, nice interesting. Oh. Yeah, don't, yeah, go oh. Google Max Landis after the show. Yeah. Um, 
Oh my god! This is like the oh, other god. day when I went to, to Rebecca and I it's went. Like oh, the there's this going oh, all there's over this... again. Uh, what? Don't worry about it. Carry on. Oh god! I, I was like, oh Rebecca, there's this, this this video of this woman YouTuber who's like been accused of horrible groping things and has decided to reply oh, with the ukulele, a ukulele song. <laughs> and uh, it turns out it's it's uh, Miranda from that Netflix show. And Rebecca, like, knows him and stuff. Rebecca's like, what the fuck? You didn't tell me his name. I was like, I didn't know. I don't know people's real names. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh... Any any relation to, uh... To, to, to John Landis? Helicopter aficionado Landis. John Landis. Yeah, yeah, his son. Nepo baby. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, this is a rabbit hole we probably don't need to go down right now. We probably need to just go back to Mission Impossible. You're fine. I, how long, right, do you think yeah. it's going to be before yeah. me sending you a random link? There's a 50-50 yeah. chance that there's some sort of abuse allegation behind the person who uploaded it. I think we're already there, man. I think we're already there. Well, I, well, I, that is well, the I sent you WOE. When... Vince has had shit on him. Shit, did I send you two? <laughs> Did you? Well, this is why we watch AEW because it's slightly better. Mm. Wrestling's wrestling's really good. I don't like wrestling. Anyway, Mission Impossible. Yeah, you're right. Let's talk about that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so then they they go they debrief for a bit. They brief. They debrief. Whatever. Um, for a sexy film, there wasn't very much debriefing, but we'll get to that. Um, and. <laughs> He explained what 4am was, which I really enjoyed. He, he said it's like 400 hours. That's 4am or the other way around. 4am, that's 400 hours. That's one of those things. Why did you need to explain that? that? But that's, I think they did have to back in the 90s. I think there's definitely, and this is this is something I I remember encountering. Americans didn't, don't use the 24 hour clock as yeah. much as British people. Like nowadays, everyone's well, got digital clocks. Mike, Mike, I remember Mike, 10 years ago, Mike. Americans not getting 24-hour clocks. Mike, I remember that being a thing. Mike, yeah. here's the thing, right? Yeah. 4 a.m. is still 4 a.m. It's just 4 a.m., isn't it? 24 hour or not. Yeah, you know what? You've raised a valid point, and I'm not going to... I'm not going <laughs> to... I, I apologize, America. You're absolutely right. Is that the, the, knowing this movie though, because this movie is tight in terms of what it's doing with its exposition, is there a point later on where you have to know the twenty-four yes. hour clock? There is no. There is a point later on where the four. I can't remember why, but four a.m. was repeated, so it is doubled up, so you remember it. That's right, because she's screaming four a.m., four a.m., four a.m. Yeah, because he's he's challenging her. You're absolutely yeah. right. There's that. There you go. That's why. This is one of yep. the best written movies ever, genuinely, like in terms of how it sets up and pays off on everything. Um, I'm going to disagree with you, but we'll get to that. Okay. Okay. Um, so they then do a Hitman level. Where they all have their Hitman level roles. Yeah. Um, the guy who is in the elevator through the shot is straw. He did. Of sit in the elevator that for some reason has like an open top. With just mesh. And spikes at the top. <laughs> and What's no, no, Mike. Yeah. No, no, Mike. No. Fold-out spikes Fold out at the spikes. top. Why? There must... That, so they that can seem, that's so absurd. Stab everyone there in must the elevator. be a reason. There must be a, there must be a oh. thing in elevators. There isn't, is there? They absolutely just made it for that movie. Did you notice on your first watch that all the extras kept looking down the lens uh, for, the she- for the sequence later? I did. 
You I caught quite that. a few things. I noticed okay. a few things. Um, I I was so that opening act was really interesting because every single person's death has a get out. Mm. All of them, except for the guy in the elevator, he's definitely he's dead. dead. <laughs> Everybody's dead, Dave. Yeah. But everyone, I had lots of notes about how everybody's death was suspicious. Mm. And how they all... Like, even the person who got blown up in the car gets in the passenger seat. Mm. And I'm like, what are you getting in the passenger seat for? That's interesting, wait. And then the car exploded. And I was like, oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. But yeah, like, it's like, if it's a car bomb that's gonna... The car starts up and it explodes. You can't mm. do that for the passenger seat. You know, the guy getting shot, I was like, that just looks like your own hand? <laughs> like, is that, is that by the way, it's the, pass the, is the passenger... Bridge? Is the passenger seats there in Europe because the car, the driver's seats on the other side, right? Is that why that is? I just that just occurred to me. Uh hang on. She got in the right hand side, which is no, that would have been the driver's side. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Shit, I'm gonna just boot up Paramount and check. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. We have the technology. We have the technology. Oh shit, if I we, we late. are oh shit, it's the We are the perfect Not Paramount the Plus subscribers. <laughs> somewhere on the spreadsheet is it's like the... Star Trek they they watch uh, all the Star Trek and uh, one Mission Impossible movie a week this is a new exciting <laughs> audience we need to cater to um, I gotta get shot falls in the thing car explodes before that yeah she gets she's in the no the driver's seat's on the left she gets out she's in the oh. left and then when she gets into the car again she gets into the right hand side of the car interesting because she's so waiting she gets in the for, passenger seat she's waiting for yeah. someone else to come in the car yes uh, that's interesting yeah cool and that guy kind of gets shot on the thing the woman dies because she gets stabbed through a fence but yes. like there's a guy already being stabbed I'm like how did you then get stabbed through like <laughs> how did that happen and it just feels like every death, apart from the guy in the elevator, who's definitely dead, was set up to be deliberately vague. Mm. Which I enjoyed, because I finished that scene going, it's I cute that you picked up know. On that. That's cool that you picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah. I did not, but as a kid. Because there was like that drunk couple that they kept focusing on that were kind of going mm. around. And then there was a little bit, there's a quick cut of him going, blah, 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 and something in, a, in an earpiece. I'm like, oh, there's shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans is a foot um yeah there's a lot of yeah very 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 well shot very clever uh i love that opening it really it took me back i didn't think they were all gonna get blown up yeah and they didn't really i don't have one guy got stabbed in the elevator with its fold out spikes and it had spikes on the bottom as well <laughs> yeah just to be sure when you, well, get, oh, a actually, chance, a, when a you get a chance to go on yeah this is a programming question. Okay. <laughs> and you're a programmer, so I thought, like, well, yeah, you, know, no, I'm in. you run game development um, now, which means you haven't seen code for 400 years, but you know what I mean. Fuck you, I coded Solitaire Conspiracy. I, I still get my hands dirty occasionally. Ooh, you coded Solitaire. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Is that I'll a prank? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, if you're not, making a system, not solitaire, so I think I guess it is a brag in a way. That's true. You are better than me. Yeah, program. I am. I'll give you that one. Mm -hmm. Add it to the Michael Hintz list. 
one one tally in that column of the uh, spreadsheet (laughs) next to 50 go on go on yeah yeah Um, right if you're making a a bit of software yeah the the whole point of is is you scan a card Mm -hmm. and then it tells you who the card is Mm -hmm. whose identity that is why would you program it so it just shows you a bunch of random people first? The, so, like a lot of things in this movie, the answer is uh-huh. because you're making a movie in the 90s where most people are not familiar with computers. And that's... I think it's designed to look like... It's there to look like a Rolodex. It's there so that you understand, oh, they're looking through people of that time. I think that, does this movie predate Google or Yahoo? Like it would definitely predate the average movie consumer knowing those things. So the idea of internet search being text-based, oh, he's he's right now, he's using the tool to find them. 1996. So this would have been... What was on TV in 1996? <laughs> you got to remember a lot of this stuff. It's communicating to an audience who wouldn't know computing. So you have to, and they do this a few times in the movie where they are really laboriously explaining to you the things on the disc. There's a disc. And yeah. This is the thing that holds data. It's just stuff like that where you're like, okay, you know a large portion of, like, especially like older viewers, the kind of older viewers who, by the way, are in because they love the TV show. They don't know what the yeah. fucking internet is. So so to me, stuff like that is them, they're doing that so you think of, a, of, of spinning through like a Rolodex, which would be how that audience would know to look through a bunch of IDs. So I, I yeah. think it makes sense. But it does okay. look very silly to us now, of course. Um, yeah. And what's well, hilarious like, is like, <laughs> and you'll see this with where they go, in later movies is is the aesthetics of Mission Impossible are still tied to that 60s spycraft stuff. So there's a fun <laughs> thing where they kind of carry on with some of that stuff. I think it's kind of a loving That's reference fun. to this this stuff, but like it, it's definitely it's 60s computing is definitely a part of a lot of the the other stuff that goes on in this franchise as we go on. Good, because that's fun. And I'm, <laughs> Good. I'm... I want. I like films where you know a CRT with a DVD player stuck underneath it is the height of technology, and that is well, that's that's where Fast and you, Furious started. Yeah, that's where Fast and Furious. That's what you bring me. That's what I was referencing, Mike. Yeah. I I'm call, it's a callback to the. It's a callback oh. to the things we've talked about. That's what it was. It's rubbing out the Mike. How did he type that? that yeah. How did he? How did he? How did he type that German double S on a regular standard American keyboard that didn't have nuts, uh, numbers through alt keys? Um, you'd need the alt key, wouldn't you? Because because uh, yeah, yeah, you do you do it with what's it all? It's like an alt S, isn't it? Oh, you do that with your schlossen. Um, I, I, no, it's not alt S. It's a it's yeah, alt and then four digits is what you'd have to do these days. No, no, there's like a faster. I, I can remember when I when I used to study German. There was a I can't remember. I've not done it in years, but there used there is like a is a simpler simpler key for that. Is it all test? Is there? Re- oh, maybe that was it. I don't know. There's all something. Test, just, fuck it. There's, there's one of them. How to type <laughs> German double S? It's thing. all test. I don't know what it's called. That was 
somewhere in the deep recesses of my brain, I remembered that. It's Alt S. Uh, On a Mac, it's Option S. What is it called? Oh, turn on NumLock and press ALT. Keep it pressed until... And use the numbers 225. Thanks, Microsoft. Also, I call it ALT. I'm the only person in the world who does that. Um, Everyone gets annoyed. Tough. What even is that fucking thing? Control-Alt-S. Oh, my God. He typed it very quickly. He was like, typey, 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 typey. Boom. Oh, it didn't anyway. work. Control-Alt-S doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. On a Mac, it works. Option-S. Two keys. The superiority of Mac oh. confirmed for you there. Well, I am moving on to a... I'm getting a Mac book. I've decided that's, oh, awesome. my, that's my next technological purchase to write my next two books on. One of us. I, yeah, well, not for gaming, because I actually like video games. Um, <laughs> so that's why I primarily primarily game on a Linux system. Um, but, you know. <laughs> you keep it real. Keep it real. Thanks, uh, Steam Deck. Um, there was some... Ri- I'll tell you what, Mike. Mike, I'll tell you what. Right? Tell me what. I'll tell you what. Tell me what. Well, I used to avoid Apple products because they were overly expensive for what they were. Fuck. But now they're sort of like reasonably priced <laughs> and it's kind of become really hard to hold on to the Apple hate. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't give up. It's such a core part of who I am. <laughs> I don't want to give it up, you know? I know. I don't want to give it up. I know. <laughs> But, but I do. I do. Yeah. Because I, I just want to write on a nice laptop-y thing. Hey! It's a good, yeah, it's a lovely user experience. So, Rebecca just said up. I asked Mike, immediately he went, bam, Tropic Thunder. Oh, okay, good. Also, what was the other one you said? <laughs> so I just thought this is a... We were thinking about this for ages. That, that okay, good was such an insight into your marriage. It really was. Oh, well done, yeah. No, well done, Dan, yeah. No... My Mike partner is very, okay, very gave me was patronizing. <laughs> I oh, did not I, say I that. I didn't know what you were talking about. I, I did. Not really say that. Dad. Oh, yeah. Oh no. That's Dad. what he's saying now. He's repeating it over and over again. Why he's googled himself that? in this in this podcast. Why? So that's uh, that's what we're at. Good. Yeah. <laughs> you got oh. one. Yeah. No. Well, that's that was <laughs> only because I was being misrepresented. I'm I'm upset. Now. I must meet Rebecca. Oh, well. And convince them that I'm a Rebecca good person. Does li- Re- Rebecca does listen to these back. Oh, good. Like, so. Well, in the future, Rebecca, I apologize for Dan. Uh, just generally, I think. I yeah, no, I do that every day, Mike. Yeah, I do that funny. every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah. really important thing. Right, back to Mission Impossible. There is a what I could only describe as the worst driving scene I've ever seen where they are, the director was like, okay, you're driving off-road in a Cambodian rainforest. <laughs> could you could you bump around like there's that? And they're kind of, the backdrop's just like going absolutely ape shit. And they're just like, the whole thing. And it was, it was very funny. It made me, it made me laugh. There's a few bits, I was like, oh, that's, that's old. Because there's some bits of, like, the, the when he takes Thingy's face off, spoilers for the ending, that was really well done. I'm like, wait, what? How did you do that? Yeah, that was... That's I mean, clever. That, 
that was that that's was, like really good no that was like a big deal i remember at the time i remember watching like making of stuff on tv about that like that was yeah that was like cutting edge and 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 fun and not overdone i also really like the stuff yeah. where it's just tom cruise with makeup on that stuff's funny yeah. as well. The the when he the 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 very opening when he's like interrogating that guy in the room with the big tash. Yeah. And then when he when he's <laughs> pretending to be a senator for the opening scene, like I love I love the oh this person just looks like Tom Cruise, so we'll we'll just use that. Um it's fun yeah. stuff. It's very I, I'm guessing that kind of dwindles off as Tom Cruise gets bigger. Um there's eras. This you gotta remember you're watching there's seven movies here and we're gonna go through some different takes on what the franchise is. Oh, so okay. I interesting. I love the way each move here you go, this is my big one. So so you've heard the game design maxim that you can tell a lot about a video game by what happens, how interactive the toilets are. Like that's definitely like every video game expresses its truth by uh, what happens when you walk up to a toilet in that game world. Uh, is it interactive? Never. Have you never heard, heard that, this? Oh my god, that is so true. This is a truism. Toilets you know are the first gateway thought, to I'm a just game thinking of toilets. Silent Hills toilets sprung to mind first. That was the first mm. toilets. Those grotty, full, bleak toilets. I think but you the could level, talk to, and they're like, "Yeah, that's a horrible toilet." Like you, you can critique it. Like the uh, Duke Nukem, it's like immediately like a crude joke, right? Like, and that's where they go. Yeah. Um, Gears of War, you can't go in the toilet cubicle because your guy's too huge. You know what I mean? It's like stuff like there's like there's just yeah. it's just layers of like yeah you can anyway. I fall out, that... fall out. You drink out of the toilets because you want water. Every time you go, oh god, there you go. Because the world's Perfect, nasty. Right? Toilets, toilets. Animal Crossing. Cause... You can sit on the toilet because it counts as a chair, and when you get off, it flushes because it's a game. About just chilling, and where better place to chill than a toilet the looking toilet. out over a sunset? There are, there is, there is a book to be written about the toilets of video games. I posit the opinion, and we'll talk about this as we go through Mission Impossible. Every movie, you can tell what kind of take they have on the Mission Impossible universe by how they do masks. They need to do a mask update every episode because <laughs> the way each movie interacts with the masks is fascinating. Um, good I stuff. love the masks. I I love one character is another character. Oh, the mask! I just, it always makes me pop. Right? I'm always we're gonna, gonna we're that. gonna have some mask based fun for the next few weeks. I'm telling you, you're gonna have a good time. And then we can watch the mask and not have any fun. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Mike! Mike, mm-hmm. right? H- here is. I'll tell you what, right? This is why I love doing this podcast with you. Because, you know, the first first time we did this, we talked about a show and we needed it as moral support to get through the show. Yeah. The second time, thematically, we tied Picard and Fast and Furious together because it's both about family. You yeah. Know, it was a good time. <laughs> this time. one, I've decided all I'm going to do is learn things that I probably should have known. Mm. Um, and I... Because... They introduced a character. I think his name was Luther. Yes. Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames? Is it Ving Rhames? Yeah. I think it's Ving Rhames. Yeah, I think it's Is Ving that Rames. how he says it? I think it's Ving Rhames. Is that how it's spelled? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. it. Why not? Let's call him Ving Rhames. Let's go for it. He calls Let's himself Ving Rhames. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So, here's the interesting part. 
Have you ever starred in a film and then several years after you've starred in a film realised that everything you're saying is a reference to that character? I've in never... that film. No. I... <laughs> because I'm watching that going, I said some of these lines in Polybius Heist. That's amazing. I've said some of the like because my character was always going cyber ops and everyone's calling me eye in the sky and this guy calls himself cyber ops and I'm like oh my god that's me that is I you. am the cyber ops and then the best one of them he said he he, he wants an artif it's got an artificial artificial intelligence risk chip which was a line I kept <laughs> fucking up in Polybius on the list of things that I wanted. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, the amount of references to this film I have made and I haven't seen this film. So that's, um, yeah. I, I do enjoy that uh, mm. Riyadh, the director of Polybius Heist, took one look at Ving Rhames and went, yeah, Dan, he'll play the same character. They look the same. That's the same vibe. There's a similar energy. There's a similar energy. <laughs> yeah. I hope he sticks around. I think he's the only character to survive, so I kind of... <laughs> I hope so. I you're not you're not going to be disappointed with the amount of big range you're going to get over the next few weeks. Yay! Um, I love big range. He's good fun. Mm. Fun fun game to play with big range. Yeah. Fun game to play with big range as we go forward. Uh, uh -huh. Note the ratio of on screen time. The big range is not sitting down. Um, it will it will shift <laughs> as the series goes on. The man he's chill. He's chill. <laughs> Well, that's it, because he's the cyber ops. He's the eye in the sky. He's got to be the man in the van. Can't be standing in a van. They're too short. <laughs> <laughs> I just really enjoyed it. He said cyber ops. I went, oh, it's me. And then he just kept saying lines. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I should have watched this film. I would have re remembered things. Um, oh, they had suction cups in this film, Mike. When was the last time you saw suction cups in a film? Uh, probably Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, they suction cups were like everywhere when I was growing up, right? I, I think it's In the 90s, say. probably because of this movie. Yeah. <clears throat> probably. I mean, every single... Um, I, I thought I would own suction cups <laughs> when I was older. They seem so useful for so many different situations. <laughs> you can still My own dad suction, had cups. suction cups. My dad owned suction cups. I used to love playing with them. They I've got... I've they, got them. They were for um, moving glass in and out of buildings. So well, I was going to say I've they got were heavy pair, duty. I've got a pair for taking the screens off of computers. Um, like Macs have, oh. like you can take off the the screen on on the bigger Macs. With I can't remember why I needed to do that, but I've got that's so I've got a couple <laughs> of little handheld suction cups. So if I needed to, you know, scale a glass building, I would be able to. Um, wow. We should do this. That should be the finale. We both try and scale a, a building. You can I'm use your it. ones and I use my dad's dark blue industrial <laughs> size of dinner plate ones. Those will be better. They're designed think, for yeah. window skyscrapers. Mine's designed for iMac, yeah. iMac screen removal, so I'm not sure they are probably... <laughs> in, I, I probably have to lose a bit of weight before I do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try and put weight on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was, there was, a, <clears throat> oh, voice is fucking good. There were some bits of this film that I just absolutely popped for. Little details. Yeah, go. The little, <clears throat> when they're going into the vault room, which incidentally, I thought was this like massive set piece. I didn't think it was like 10 minutes of silence. 
Um, but fuck it, why not? In the world's most convoluted room, I love that shit so yeah. much. They've got they've got pressure sensors. They got sound sensors. They got this. I'm like, well, why don't they just have a sensor where if he hasn't scanned his card in, the computer don't turn on? Because <laughs> right? that would be that's a movie. <laughs> and that's gonna fun. and we're gonna have fun with that, right? Because the entire franchise is gonna yeah. be trying to one up that weirdness. Because I think that's <laughs> the thing that yeah. Tron the Tron. I just say that word far too much in conversation. I think that's the thing <laughs> that Mission Impossible. <laughs> you can tell how many rants I go on about what Tron is. Um, what like with Mission Impossible, it is it is a heist movie in disguise. It's a heist movie yeah. dressed up as a spy movie, and I think that's. And that's what they they do stick to throughout the whole series. So you're basically watching an Ocean's Eleven movie with, but but it's but it's to save the world instead of to make all the money. I quite like that. It works. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was lovely. That that little scene was tense. It was fun. I I loved so the, the attention details when they take the screws out of the vent. They have that mm. little magnet that comes down and looked like it was stop motion. To be perfectly honest, which I really enjoyed. Um, but they had their little magnet that came down, and then they're just a little thing. You don't know what it is, and then the screw comes out, and it just gets caught on the little on the little magnet. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that's fucking." Oh, they milk that's... all the tension as well. Like the um, yeah, that scene is just perfectly orchestrated just to get you onto the edge of your seat. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's it had one slight issue that I had with it. Go on. One, just one slight, one slight <clears> problem. <throat> Um, uh, uh, and that was there was a mouse in the vent. Yeah, and the vent was covered with lasers. Yeah, how was that alarm not going off all the fucking time? Like just endlessly, <laughs> just endlessly. Does that did that did that mouse know to not go that way? Maybe let's say yes. Okay, maybe the lasers fried the last mouse, mouse that went that way. There was a new mouse, yeah. It was a new mouse. It was a new. It was a new meow, new mouse. Yeah, I like the. I like the knife being the same knife as the one that um, he picked up at the thing, and I was like, <gasps> "It's that!" But they don't like draw big attention to it because the knife's intention in that scene is that it's tense that they'll get caught because they've dropped a knife. But it, it, you, rec- I recognize the knife as the one that stabbed what's face, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh, did you? Oh, that that's guy. Cool. Yeah, this is very, probably. They, I would say this is the last of these movies that will have a plot that you find that interesting. I will say that. Like, they definitely <laughs> cease with the, that level of uh, that stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, I, uh, yeah, I liked the, I enjoy how much of a dork Tom Cruise looked in this film. Because mm. you've got this, in my head, Mission Impossible's all like, dun, 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 and like very precise, like, clean movements to get him into all the places and all those flips and shit. But there's so many bits where he's like dangling off shit going, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> like the bit where he's right near the floor dangling. I'm like, this looks so stupid, but it's kind of how this would play out. So I'm loving it. But that I think um, is why, because obviously you know, because you, you wouldn't be able to miss this. You know that like there's, some, he does more and more stunts as it goes on basically, right? You've, you've seen, yeah, you've yeah, definitely yeah, picked that up through culture osmosis. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the thing that people, because everyone always is like, oh, he's got, he's got death witch or whatever. But like, no, to me, I see, in those moments, I see someone who actually gets what stunt work is, which is not 
yeah. trying to look like a badass. It's selling the reality of the tension of all the, the danger we're of going the back, We're going back to wrestling, Mike. We're going back to wrestling. The, the best wrestlers aren't the, the ones. The kayfabe, if you will, yeah. Dan. The kayfabe. Look at you with the words. I use the words. I use the words. Use the word. But like, yeah, that's, it's selling. He gets it's, that. it's selling. He's selling it. The be- my favorite wrestlers sell. You, someone who comes in and kicks the shit out of everyone and, you know, gets up after a finisher and is like, I'm fine. You know, you go, all right. Unless it's Sting. He's allowed. He's been doing this for too long. And you, 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 can, you can throw a lot of criticisms at Tom Cruise, but, like, the guy gets... He gets that his ego is best served by giving a good performance rather than looking like... Yeah. The, he doesn't strike me as someone who is in the room, like, demanding that he looks like a badass in every shot. That is he's not no Vin Diesel. I exactly. think that's a way of putting it. He's not he's not playing it that way, and I think that's smart. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, if they like the film, they'll like me. Yeah. I don't have to look like the coolest. I don't there's not gonna be a scene where Tom Cruise is like clearly in the foreground to make him the same height as some guest actor they're gonna have down the line. He genuinely seems I've seen him say it in interviews and, and I think the work kind of reflects it. Like I think he genuinely knows that ultimately he's there to make a good movie and he's yeah. he will he will receive the plaudits for being involved in a good movie. He and you can't kind of fault the guy's hit rate in terms of like like generally his stuff is very good and very crowd pleasing and I'm saying like he's another one like James Cameron where you're like you don't miss. Like you do seem to kind of know what the audience actually wants and kind of make stuff that entertains a broad mainstream kind of audience. So yeah. Anyway. Um James Cameron's admit I don't think I've really enjoyed anything James Cameron's ever done. What? None of them. Nothing. I don't understand. I don't we can that's James a different Cameron's, show. I, we can debate I that. Just, what's James Cameron done that I'm like, this is a good film. Are you serious? Titanic I was rooting for the iceberg. <laughs> like Terminator 2 and Aliens you must have seen and loved those those I are new movies it's, it's Terminator's got my favourite Terminator is the Sarah Connor Chronicles what are you talking about no one remembers. I don't think I can participate in this show anymore Do you, but like because well, like, I Mike I get True I get Lies you, no, you must wrong. love True Lies you must love True Lies what, Pierce, Pierce Brosnan no, True Lies is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, you need to watch True Lies at some point. True Lies is. That's a you movie. True of all these films, that's the that's the one that to me seems like a slam dunk. Dan would like this movie. It's a it's a it's a it's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger playing a James Bond type spy, and it knows exactly how silly a premise that is, and that's fun with it. Okay. Yeah, I think you'd like that one. I think you'd like that one. See, Mike, I mean, I started this podcast, but in this podcast, I was talking about how a film I recently enjoyed was two hours of Japanese politics and occasionally a big monster smashes stuff up. Um, And the monster bits are shot like it's a horror film. It's fucking great. You should watch Shin Godzilla. Um, That's my kind of film. And I will the, um, watch. I will watch I, Shin Godzilla. I've been meaning to watch that since it came out, to be honest. I remember the poster was oh, beautiful. I'll tell you what, I'll was, tell you what. I'll tell you what. Hmm. I always have on. I'll tell you a film that I always go back to. Death of Stalin. That's that's my kind classic. of film. No, that okay. That fair is... play. Oh my You're god! Have you seen Death Uchi of Stalin? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
from from Partridge. Well, from the fucking working with. Uh, oh God, what's his face? Chris Morris. Oh my God, why am I forgetting? Off. Chris Morris. Yeah, I love Chris Morris as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a satire fan. I think is the the new the new Partridge stuff. I don't think it is Ianucci anymore, but the new Partridge stuff is genuinely it's excellent. Not. The new Partridge it is stuff is because really it capitalizes good. on that how much I hate the one show vibe. Exactly. But like, even have you been have you been listening to like in the Oast House and the and the audio books? No, I haven't. The memoirs. Oh my goodness! I've read the books. I've read. I've read the book. Uh, both books. Okay. Um, His thing you want and Nomad. I've read them. Those are great. They're so in his voice that you don't really. I felt like I didn't need an audio book. See, I like the audio books because I I do love I love Cooper's performance. But like, yeah, in the Oast House, which is him. Which is him taking credit for inventing the podcast format is genuinely <laughs> solid. Um, those are great. Yeah. No. Yeah. I love a bit of. I'll tell you what I didn't like though. Fucking Avenue mm. Five. That missed. That missed for me. Yeah. That one just feels missed, like a classic case of a bit too much budget. It just feels like a bit too big. I guess. Yeah. Like, I think I think they got yeah. lost with it a little bit. But yeah. Anyway. But yeah, Death of Stalin I was, is I was a classic. Also, I've, I've watched Death of Stalin so many times. You you notice new gags every time you watch it. It's brilliant. But that's the question now. If you did you watch board game Death of Stalin? The, the um, there's a there's people who play board games. I don't normally watch people play board games, but I found this place called No Rolls Bards because it's they normally they're normally wrestling people, but they do a board game thing, uh, and they do like this thing called House Rules where they make up new rules for all of their games. And they did a communist monopoly with a guy who was dressed as Stalin watching over the game. And it is the funniest video. You have to to share that with me as well. I've seen for so long. Uh, I'm excited to see which now cancelled monster is involved in it. (laughs) Well, this came out a week ago, right? Oh, maybe maybe it's still right then. Maybe it's still right then. Yeah. I'm going to link you to... It's just, yeah, Monopoly, but communist from No Rolls Bard. And it is... I mean, if anything, this is the video that's going to get them cancelled. But it is... It's properly... It's it's by someone who... It's designed by somebody who understands how Monopoly doesn't work to play into those bits. And then there's just a lot of Stalin-based jokes that work really well. If you've got an hour to spend that's what you should be watching with your time because it legitimately made me laugh so much. I watched it twice. That's mm. why I don't have time for TV. There's at least YouTube is doing good stuff. <laughs> you should watch more YouTube. It's true. Anyway, it's very funny. Um, yeah, there's there's just bits where they're sort of like racing to die and like the guy playing Star is just there clapping. He's <laughs> like, yes, I'm loving this. And I'm like, oh my God, this is... <laughs> it's kind of like Death of Style in the board game. It is delightful. I'm excited. It's a really just... Yeah, you should totally watch that. Um, uh, another thing you should totally watch is, is Mission Impossible. Yay, think, very what, good. What are we on? We're just... Segway, are we, just, segway, are we segway, about segway. to go... Are we about to go to the aquarium restaurant, I think? Oh, my God. We're only... We're <laughs> still in Act 1. We're still in Act 1, yeah. No, we're, we did... We No, we no, we missed the aquarium restaurant, Um, which I was like, that's going to explode. You give me a, a restaurant with fair. fucking fish in it, and you've given me a guy holding an explosive device for this mission only. Yeah, we're gonna see some fishy still flying. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that was yeah. 
it's a mole hunt. The whole thing was like, right, it's actually a mole hunt. And then I was like, oh, and all the deaths were suspicious. This is fun. Who's he going to be? And um, then it would turn out to be like half of them. (laughs) Spoilers. I mean, I do think, then they went, oh, then they went to London. That's where we were. We were at London. Goes to London because uh, you only watch films where they end up in London for some reason. It's true. This is true. Yeah, that's just what you, it's just what you like. You just love a love a film that's shown in London. Uh, they end up in um, yeah in in London in uh, Liverpool Street Station at eleven p.m. and it's deserted. Mm-hmm. So I assume that that was shot during the pandemic <laughs> because <laughs> I have never seen Liverpool Street Station empty at eleven p.m. There's no. There's a different there time. Be a guy though, Dan. there waving around a fucking sword, and people will be like, "Yeah, but I've got to get my train. <laughs> <laughs> got to go to Rayleigh or something." I don't know. It was a different time, but there were still people in that time, right? London was still a place with people. London was still a place. That's very true. That's the kind of insight that people come to this show for. London <laughs> was a place in the nineties. And still is to this some, day. Some think America dates back as far as sorry. Some people think that London dates back as far as the fifties. Um, and I yeah, think they're right. I mean, America yeah. does. America dates back to about the fifties. Do you sometimes think about Not how weird it is? Then. Do you sometimes think about how weird it is that we're about to be in the thirties, and the thirties is an era that you have a very specific sense of, like the aesthetics of and the vibe of, and we're about to hit another thirties. I have that all. I, have I that don't all the time. have a vibe of anything before the sixties. Really, sixties felt like. I know what seventies felt like. Eighties, yep. Nineties, sure. Everything since the nineties has blurred into one. I cannot tell apart. So that's the era. It's that's still the nineties. It's still the nineties in all the ways that matter. It, it's still, it the, 90s. still the 90s. It's going to always be the nineties. When people are like, "Oh, this looks so two thousand and tens," and I'm like, "What does that even mean?" Yeah. It's just been a vague what? blur of culture since the nineties. Yeah, I agree. Culture and technology. I have to go by phones. What phones people are using in films? That's how I know when it's roughly set. Mm. And I use there's a payphone in this. I was fucking thrown. I, was I don't thrown know. Yeah. I was. Next, next to have... the most obvious guy in overcoat ever. I loved it. That's what I was about to say. Rewatching it, I was like, "Yeah, it's a spy movie." I was watching it and I was I was sitting with my dog. <laughs> One of my dogs sitting next to me. And when he was on the phone, I was like, Lynn, if that guy in a trench coat is definitely involved in this film. Because that is what they, the, the lead character should be wearing. Mm-hmm. And then it turned around and it wasn't. And then there's that really slightly awkward, a really awkward scene where he's like, are you a ghost? But with his eyes. <laughs> and then he's not a ghost. And then they do the big reveal where... The bad guy is explaining the plot, but the visuals are different because the good guys worked it out and I had to rewatch it because my brain couldn't cope. <laughs> my brain went, oh, he's worked it out. And, something like, and then he goes, why, Jim? Why? And I'm like, wait, has he, what, is he telling him? And then Jim's not reacting. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I can't remember. What? And I had to go back and watch it to make sure. Because he, he says, why, Jim? Why? But he's referencing that the other guy was a bad guy i think and then he flashes back to a thing that didn't happen when it's like i was like wait did he just watch the woman blow herself up in the car uh, or something like that and, and yeah i got a little lost i had to rewatch that section 
Um, I liked that though. I thought I think that's yeah. it's a that's a kind of there's a few choices in this that like you just probably wouldn't try for in a mainstream action movie anymore. Just the stuff like that, which so requires a bit more of the person watching, right, to understand that oh, I'm hearing this and I'm seeing that and that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and that that contradiction, maybe, I think people yeah. would be confused. I get that it was it was yeah. tricky for you, yeah, for sure. It was, I think it's tricky just because I've been lulled into a full sense of security that the film was a little stupid. Yeah. A little too yeah. twisty-turny. Uh, and I was sense. like, it's a silly, goofy, fun film. It's nice and tightly written, but, you know, it's, it's you know, the guy's like, we're watching a sweatshirt race down his glasses to set off a floor moisture checker. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then he's doing this thing. I'm like, wait, why is he? Oh, I get it. Maybe I'm just an idiot. Um, maybe I actually that was a there's a recurring uh, theme in this film, and that's three fourteen comes up because it's the Bible verse, but it comes up in a few other places as well. Like it's the briefcase code. Mm. And I have a theory why that is. I mean, it's because it's the same character and they use three fourteen for everything. Change your passwords. Have different passwords for everything. Use a password manager. Always, always. But I always. actually think it's because this mission wasn't impossible. It was actually easy as pie. Oh, that's cute. Uh, and oh, that's I... their that's their foreshadowing that the later ones are going to be harder. I don't know. I just I don't think it's foreshadowing, but I I'd not noticed there was pie. That's cute. It's pie. Yeah. For some reason. I'm trying to think if that yeah, number recurs. I bet it does. I bet that's a number that we'll spot again. You know, I can't think of no, that off from my head. But Mike, yeah, Mike, it doesn't recur. It's different infinite for infinite length. If you could find it recurring, then Such that would jerk. be like the mathematical Such a find. <laughs> Such a jerk. I'm not doing, I'm not going to do any more podcasts with like professionally funny people. It's t- It's exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. Uh, well, I mean, you should probably start. I, I'm definitely not that. I'm, there's no professional level to this, Mike. Let's be. You don't think I'm you're a professionally funny person? You write funny. You write funny books. You're you're on the TikTok. I mean, the sec the second book isn't funny, right? Like, the second book has. It, I know I pitched it as a dark comedy, but I'm definitely leaning into the dark side of things. But you got to follow the story, you know. You got to follow the story. Mm. It's the third book where there is just there will be no jokes, kind of level of. All the dark ideas that I had that were too dark for this book, I'm going to bundle into the next one. It's going to be great. Mm. It's going to be fucking great. Um, no, I wouldn't sound professional. There's professional comedians that are properly... I've talked to professional comedians a lot, and they are uh, horrifying. The speed <laughs> is horrifying. And I'm like, oh my god. It's like when you think you're pretty good, like you beat Elden yeah. Ring, and you're like, yeah. I'm fucking... And then you see someone at, like, speedrun it using only, like, a fucking... I was gonna say dance mat, but a bath mat. Somehow they've wired up the controls to the bubbles on a bath mat, and they're just, Mm. like, teabagging it, and that's how they beat the boss with, like, no hits, and I'm like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I can can do uh, uh, a not-terrible ten-minute comedy set. I could not do an entertaining hour and a half. Just not. Just no. I know I don't have that. And that's the, that's for, basically what I'm saying is I'm a talentless fuck. And it's nice to hang out <laughs> with you because you are also, no, you are, you're irritatingly <sighs> talented. Um, my goodness, my goodness. It's, it's annoying. 
I, it's it's like it's this is why I don't appear on your other podcast, no matter how much you ask me. Oh, we're really expecting you. Like, Alana's always, always so in the DMs. Like, Alana's just Dan, come join us constantly the in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and then totally there's fucking there's Troy Baker. He's mm-hmm. sending me messages. He's like, ah, oh, come and talk. And I'm like, I can't try. I'm just, you're just all better than me. And then the music guy's there. And I'm like, I, yeah, all right, probably better than you. Like music, what is that? Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I do, it's like, like it's, I do, it, music is one of those things. Like, I've, I've said so many times, but I just don't understand it. Right. Like I don't have a, a basic clue. Like programming, mm-hmm. I understand the basic concepts of. Yeah. Like, I can't do it for shit. I understand. Game design I've kind of studied and I understand and I know how all the in and outs of that. And writing and stuff is the one I've really gone for and I kind of really know that. But like how you make sound good, f- no idea. And he's talking about like fucking themes and feelings and shit. And I'm like, I what? <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> how do you how do you convert feelings to plonk? Plonk! That sounds like this feeling. Plonk, plonk, plonk. That made you sound like this. I'm like, no, it's plonk. I mean, it's working, but I don't know. Basically, what I'm saying, right, is if I had to burn one of your other podcasters a witch. Yeah. It would definitely, definitely be you, because that would be funnier. I was going to say, you don't, need to, you don't need to murder anyone who I'm friends with. You, you're just People not. keep telling me that. Why? Oh, you people are no fun. <laughs> What's that guy's I've lost I've liked on his name, the composer. He's a composer, right? I don't Austin. know. See, that's the thing, right? Yeah, Austin Winkery, yeah. And he'll he'll talk about music. I don't know if he's composing or if he is a flute. Like I don't fucking know. It's all fucking. He's, an, inc- he's an incredibly talented composer and musician. He for me it's funny and it's <clears throat> it's a thing I've definitely noticed with the kind of people you're talking about kind of where they're so phenomenally talented that it seems like witchcraft to me like that i'll be massively yeah. impressed by the simplest stuff like austin has literally composed and arranged his music for like you know orchestras of like i don't know what the biggest orchestra but like 150 200 musicians playing his music the thing yeah. that he does that still to me is the most impressive is I'll mention a TV show and he'll turn and just play the theme tune on his keyboard without thinking about it. That alone, that's, and that is so much less impressive, but there's something about the tangibility of that, that like, I'm like, that's incredible. I guess because that's yeah. a skill I would love to have myself in real life, like just play a little tune for myself or whatever. Um, the, the, the one I had was I had, um, I was doing a, a charity live stream and we had Jay Foreman on and he was doing that one. Uh, oh God, I can't even think of the thing. What's it? Where it's one? What's a word made out of? Uh, Biffle is two. Oh, syllables. syllables. I'm close with syllables. 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 That's, syllables. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ! How many books you written down? Just, yeah, that's fine. I've written two. Uh, <laughs> it's he. He can. He can take any song. And sing it one syllable out of sync, or is it one beat? I don't fucking know, but it's basically it's what it's off. It's off by one syllable or one fuck. It is a syllable, yeah. It's one syllable off, and it's just nuts because the songs break completely, and you can't rely on anything. And he just knows them, and he could just do basically any song. And I was like, I, this is useless, right? What you're doing right now is useless. Yet 
I kind of want to like get stuff for you. Like <laughs> there's, there's that like <laughs> primal urge of like, okay, you run the group, right? You know, yeah. you run the. I'll help. I'll, I'll go clean right. the cave. Yeah. Yeah. You are in charge. I'll go clean the cave up. Yeah. Can I get you anything? Like, can I? <laughs> He is our leader. He can sing ABBA one, one syllable out of sync. Mm. <laughs> it is, it's a stunning uh, little bit. Yeah, but music people scare and confuse me. Directors as well. Like, when, you, when you're like, you see a thing, I'm like, oh, I can think of some really good shots. But then you have to think of shots for like all of the time that people are talking and anything you need to establish and all of the connective tissue... And it's not just about the call, like, running away from explosion shots. It's the everything. Mm. I go, all right, yeah, you're, you're scary. I don't know how to think like that. I think that's what it is. It's I don't understand how to think like that. But I understand. It's not like, you know, being right wing, where I'm like, I don't understand. I don't understand how to think like that. And I think you're terrified. This is like, I don't understand how I think like that. And I like it, you know. Yeah. The good kind of unknowable. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Because, you know, you make games and, and Troy Baker acts. I've done that. Um, Alana mm. writes. She does. Alana, right. Like God of War and shit. God of yeah, War. Yeah, God of War? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. So, like, top tier shit. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, those three things I understand. And then there's music. And I'm like, it's the whole fucking. No, don't understand it. Yeah, I think there is a magic. And it's important. There. It is. It's important. If you, don't, if you don't have music, you're going to be like, where's all the music? Where's all the. It should be there. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, there want, no musicians are allowed on here. Okay. You don't play any instruments, do you, Mike? No, you don't. You definitely don't. You might have had like I've a, tried to a, a few times. I've tried to learn, but yeah. no, I've tried to learn a few times, but I've not succeeded because my brain doesn't work that way. I try and decode it. It's like language. I, I try and, I'm too, um, yeah, I try and, I'm, my brain tries to process it as like a code I need to work out rather than uh, just, being able to express through it never never clicked for me. Yeah, you have to, for, for me. I just have to think about the thing. I'm like, I'm thinking about this note, then this note, then this note, then this note, and it there's no expression there. Mm. I feel like I could get it because I feel like video games. I I play video games and I'm like, I'm doing all these things with a character and there's no thought in it. Like the character is just moving, jumping as well. Jumping's that thing where you lift off the ground, like, um. Mm. And I, you know, there's those, I, I can, I can create and I can emote with those things with just, with just those tools and stuff. And I can add little bits and pieces to the character, you know, when I'm doing my stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I can, I can translate that, but I can't do it through music because I'm like, maybe it's just that. It's just practice. I think actually, I'm just fucking lazy. That's what it is. So I just see a musician. I'm like, nah, fuck you. I think, I think as well though, I think, fuck I think. You. It's a yeah. I think the work is very, the the work of learning is very visible with musicians. Like the amount of time and practice, I think it's yeah. I think it's it seems more unattainable because there's there is just a lot of work there. Whereas I think everyone everyone's doodled on a piece of paper. Everyone's come up with a story. Everyone's you know the the other kind of creative stuff. Obviously, there's an enormous amount of skill and work involved in becoming like up to a professional standard any of those things but like i think it feels more unattainable than sorry more music feels more unattainable i think to a lot of people but yeah yeah it's cool stuff I, so um, act two yeah, of mission uh, impossible then two hours we're done with that too we got we got they did the heist and it was fun and it was ted's and it was quiet um yeah. and the bad guy hit a mouse 
Like they just cut back to the mouse being dead. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah, that's there now. You got you got to see um, John Reno's evil fully play out. He yeah, I mean yeah, but I spied it from the knife. Uh, so yeah. But then, yeah, then he, yeah, London, no, we did London, and he did the, oh, it's you, and then they're on a train for the grand finale, the we world's talk about fastest Max helicopter. And Max and her, like, her whole vibe. I love Max. I, I Max completely, I unfortunately started merging bits of this in my head with um, Secret Invasion, uh, and... <laughs> And so I was like, wait, where was Olivia Colman in this <laughs> in Mission Impossible? And then I'm like, wait, vibes. no, that was a different one. Similar so then vibes. Max so got taken out and put in Secret Invasion, and it is a character I'd completely forgotten about and put into the Secret Invasion. And Max is awesome, and the flirting with her and Tom Cruise is just the fucking best. Yeah. I love that. I love it. It was, yeah. And there was a lot of, um, yeah, it was like Max and Job and this and that, and I was like, I need one less character and one less twist. Yeah, that's all I'm asking. You will, you will, you time. will, you will get that with future installments of the franchise. Where, that's, yay! Simplify <laughs> that bit down a little bit. Um, I like the really fast helicopter that could somehow keep up with what appeared to be a British bullet mm-hmm. train for some reason. Amazingly you know maneuverable as well. That bullet train. Yeah. The, yeah. The train. The train was amazingly manoeuvrable. No, um, the, the helicopter was amazingly, amazingly manoeuvrable. Also, the, yeah. tr- also the train. It's obviously the best uh, operator in the business. They're infected with rain. Oh! What's his name? It's the, the name guy who rejected Alan Partridge. He rejects Alan Partridge. He he was terrified by the monkeys being infected with rage in uh, twenty eight days later. What I'm gonna let's let's take the time oh, to shit. find out the name of that actor because he pops up. British character actor who I genuinely uh, he never misses. I'm gonna look up what this guy's it, it name is. I hadn't clocked it until you said it, and I went, "Oh wait, yeah." He He's deserves. He yeah, deserves to be. Let me. <laughs> He deserves to be named. If I can find it, he's gonna the IMDb. I'm imagining he's gonna be a little bit down the list on the IMDb page. Yeah, but he's gonna have the longest IMDb, IMDb page out of everyone there. David Schneider, you're a legend, a hero, a god. <laughs> David Schneider, um, and in and in Death of Stalin as well, bringing us full circle. Oh my god! Yeah, but he's been in everything. I bet he's been in everything. Has he ever been in a Godzilla? Was he in the the nineteen nineties American? He might be in a Godzilla. I don't think he is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, God, see, Godzilla's America because there's only ever been four American Godzilla movies, and you've seen three of them. Oh, he's in a he's um, in the Pirates Band of Misfits, which which is one of Carrie's first movies she worked on. There you go. <laughs> oh no! It's it's less come full circle. It's now coming for us. It's coming for us. He's, he's in the uh, room he's, with me, Mike. He's <laughs> back back. <laughs> oh, look around you! Look around you! Is oh, I am. I'm looking for him. I can't see him. Stop it! He's in a knight's tail. <laughs> he's playing one of the horses. That's how good he is. He's got range. 
I'm now trying to place him in a night's tale. He's also the weather's man, weatherman in day to day, of course. Um, the day, yeah, he is. Of course, he is. Oh, bless literally, you. I went the day to day. Yeah, fucking know what the fucking day to day. One of your favourite shows. Um, yeah, I was about to say it's fucking Chris Morris. I got it on DVD. Like that's how much I. I do. Day I to do day and fucking yeah. brass eye. You ever seen Four Lions? That's a fucking good film. Four Lions is great, yeah. That's such a good film. Oh my, we should do a Four Lions podcast. Every River Dingy Rapids. How good Four Lions yeah. is. <laughs> River Dingy Rapids, bro! It's got Benedict Cumberbatch showing you an ass man. Oh, it's a classic. Um, <laughs> I wonder how many times I've used the phrase Benedict Cumberbatch saying, are you an ass man? Because I'm pretty sure this will be the second time in this podcast. Not in this specific one. Well, actually, that was the second time in this specific one, but I meant like in. I've probably said it in other ones. <laughs> I anyway, there's. A, I think the train sequence and, yeah. is probably the most disappointing scene of the movie. To be honest, I think they the CG was not where it needed to be back in the when this was shot because it's it's ropey and it doesn't feel tense because it feels very green screen. Right, it just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. It's just a bit too fast. Like. <laughs> That's true. Like, that's that true. needs to yeah. slow down. That needs to just slow that down a little bit. There's a there's a helicopter chasing. You need to accelerate. It's a helicopter chasing us. But then the helicopter the rope that attaches the helicopter just fucking vanishes after a while. Um yeah, I did like the blade slowly coming towards him. That was a nice uh it it gives it that physical touch. Mm. As long as you ignore how the physics of a helicopter works. <laughs> to, yeah. Um, and it's stopping just by his neck was also very nicely done. Um, Jim got vaporized, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like he did. Yeah, there's not going to be. <laughs> yeah. So he was the main character of the the. It wasn't the same actor. <laughs> that was the main character of the TV series. Yeah, yeah. And he just yeah. dies by getting blown up in a helicopter. Well, it now it has to be oh. a show about a new character called Ethan Hunter. Ethan Hunt, who's going to be the new, uh, the new hero, breaking the classic yeah. rule in Hollywood of using JB initials for every fucking spy in anything. That's true. That's true. It's a big, and uh, it's a big that move. It is so true that it's in my book. One of my Is characters really? has the initials J. One of the characters. Has we've the had this. J, oh, J. we've had this conversation before. You've told me that before. We've we've had that conversation. Yes, but not on. Yeah, that was an off camera conversation, off microphones. Was that an off microphone conversation? Do we have? That was an off microphone conversation. conversations. When we we're do. not. I always try. The thing is, we had these podcasts. They got to try and remember all the shit that I was going to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, yeah, this is like the, this is like Act One of our next six hours of discussions, people. Like you're missing out on this is so much terrible podcasting. This <laughs> good shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a big explosion, and he gets blown from an exploding helicopter and lands on a train that then slows from 400 miles an hour to zero in about four seconds, mm-hmm. um, thus killing the majority of people on board. I, it was no bullet train, but I thought it was, it was all right. Did everything properly. That's what it needed to do. Yeah. It made me go, hey, this is a film series that understands how to tell a story. 
it's yeah and it did it kind of set the tone i think it was one of those ones where it was genuinely it was better than anyone expected to be because it came out it was oh they're doing a movie of that tv show from 30 years okay sure like it wasn't people didn't go in with massive expectations but yeah it's it was successful enough that people went okay let's uh Let's make, make a so many more, more of, of these. But what was so really interesting the, was right. young Tom Cruise had power and he said, I want this to be, I don't want to just make a boring sequel and we will see the mixed results of that plan with Mission Impossible 2. Do you know who directed Mission Impossible 2, Dan? Uh, Wasn't Brian the uh, No, Mission Mission Impossible 2 is the one that I think I've seen because it was either one or two. Okay. Um, Why it was on at one point, and I remember seeing Dove, so I'm going to say John Woo. You are correct in all parts of this. (laughs) So, yeah, we are going. I I don't have any memory of it, but I do remember. Very John Woo. Very post face off John Woo. Um, That is where the franchise goes next. That is a that (laughs) No one can deny that that is a film, yeah. That's true. <laughs> oh boy, and and then some, yeah. And then that's we should do a podcast of just films with really goofy premises that somehow landed. <laughs> they keep talking about doing a remake of that. I don't know how you do a remake of Face Off. You're never going to find Travolta and Cage. You're never going to find a repl- a suitable replacement for that as a concept. I mean, as soon as you said that, my brain went, "Oh, it's going to be some like." Instagram influencer gets their face stolen by AI and then someone starts uploading shit to their channel and is trying to do bad <laughs> shit with their channel using their face and they have to find out who's doing it and stop them and they then find out who it is and it's another rival Instagrammer and they take their face and start uploading to their YouTube channel and then there's a the whole fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> that's that's there you go there you go hollywood there's your shit face off reboot there you go you're welcome that's actually i'm trying uh, to think who they would of... they, they were talking point. sorry no i'm just sorry i'm just thinking to myself as well we've hit that point where we're both just tom thinking to holland. yeah tom holland okay and dame judy dench i'd watch it <laughs> the thing the key thing is you need two actors who can carry their own in an action movie but are weird and specific in a way that the other actor can mock and imitate for their scenes yeah i yeah i don't know i don't know that we're in an, yeah, i don't please. i'll tell you what i don't think we're in an era where there's many actors who have a persona you know what john cena him and someone else. That would like you need you need you need a, you. That's actually good. John Cena would be good. Obviously, you then need to find someone who could face swap bases with John Cena. But like, you need someone who and is... keeps the same body type. Oh look, you've got John Cena on the Rock. Because we know the Rock can do it because of Jumanji. I he he wouldn't. He'd go too broad. Oh, Jack John... Black. Jack Black. That's who you want. No, why? Jack no. Black. I was going to say Jack Mara. Black, right, is the good guy, and then the bad guy 
yeah. someone Tim else. And then you've and that no, he's too nice. I wouldn't believe nice. it. He's too nice. That wouldn't work. But then uh, you just get bad guy Jack Black, which is just not kind of the role that he would normally play. No, I think you have to. You they have remember, to be more conventional action movie characters. You have to. You have to go heroic. Can jump through a window while dual wielding pistols, kind of a guy. It also has to be women because that's what we do now, Mike. Thank you very much. You can there's, do it with there's women. There's female Ghostbusters now. It has to be women. <laughs> I wonder what what would you do if you gender flipped it? I'm trying to think who you'd. You'd get Lady Gaga. And insert name of popular current singer here. But I mean, I don't. Know. Have you have you seen any Lady Gaga movies? She's fucking good, man. Lady Gaga does movies. She's good at she, everything. She's like, she's, um, she's a she's one a, of those people that I'm just like, ah, fuck you. Not a great movie generally, Gucci. but the um, the House of Gucci. Well, no, House of Gucci is a good movie. It's just got some some dodgy performances in it, but the um, she's amazing in House of Gucci. Um, I've not seen Starry's porn, but apparently that was good as well. I ad- I adore her music. Like I will say, like I'm a huge Gaga fan. I'm a monster, as they say, <laughs> in the Gaga verse. Um, I I just love. She's got such a good voice. That's just mm. it's very simple. I just like people who can actually sing. Uh, I like yeah. the young people with their insert popular name of person here and their insert name of auto tuned bastard here. Chris Brown and Rihanna, they could swap places and then she could be the and it'd still be the same way around and then audience would be really confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike, oh, we've gotten to the point now where Mike wants to end the podcast because I'm starting to go dark. I'm phasing out. Yeah, no, I am. I'm getting tired. I'm sure just... I haven't eaten anything, so I'm starving as well. So I'm going to go and cook myself some dinner. And uh... who would it be, Mike, who would it be with you then if you had to face swap with someone? It's the finale of this podcast, which makes no sense, <laughs> but fuck it. Yeah. Who would your, I face your next with? mission? Should I choose Who's to accept a face it? swap of Bithel? Yeah, Bithel, you're you're a you you are stealing someone's identity for a reason. Who identity you're stealing and why? And then what happens when they do directing a Tron game because they're taking your place as well? Who would I? I don't know. That's too many questions. I don't know. I'm quite happy with my life. I've not, I've not, not got a desire to be anyone else, to be honest. Pretty content. I think it would be. Have you never wanted to just suddenly like swap with Hideo Kojima for a day and just see kind of what's going on in his neck of the woods? <laughs> I, I you imagine know, I it's do, a very right? weird. If, yeah, go on. It's one of Hideo Kojima is like one of those people where I'm like, if I had control of your life for a day, I would make all of your work better. Because what I would do is I'd hire a script editor, and then I'd leave. And I'd be like, okay, job done. <laughs> there we go. That'll improve everything. Like just, one, just one person to tell him no every now and then. That's all he needs. Oh, I don't know, man. I think I, I, I think... I don't know. I, he, he, I kind of like him without that limit. I think I, I kind of like the lack of constraint. No, no, the constraint was better. The more constraint, the better. The less constraint he has, the worse things he makes. When he had his constraint and he had a bit of... He still, you know, was going on his thing, but he had some constraints with something like Metal Gear Solid 2. It was talking about fucking the age of information becoming fucking unreal and shit. And it's, this was like fucking the early 2000s. And he's like, yeah, we're all going to be on the internet and it's we're all going to be telling lies to each other and it's going to go to shit. 
And this day's like fucking thing. And then Death Stranding's like, what if everybody just walked everywhere? <laughs> and there's no gameplay. Can I can I point out though that again, Death Stranding is like talking about the separation of humanity and the spaces between and it somehow predicts COVID and like the insularity. It's dude dude's doing some cool stuff, man. I know. I, I I'm 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 inspired by yeah, Kojima. My only issue with that was that I had to play a really dull game to get those bits, so I ended up giving up and I just watched all the cutscenes online. <laughs> That's I yeah I get that I get that yeah mm. oh, I was like just go back to do Milky Side two and three they were great two is still my favorite four. two is object that's that's one of my next just to bring this full circle before I go off and cook myself some dinner that's my next gun plus set I ordered was the um was a Metal Gear X for myself oh everyone tends to go for um wait Metal Gear X or Metal Gear Ray Rex the original on Rex. Oh, I see. I love Mel Gibson. Ray, Boxy Ray Boy, favorite because it was fun. I like, I like sleeky, like fucking Pokemon looking motherfuckers. See, that's, not, <laughs> that's, that's my thing with with the Gunpla stuff is I'm specifically because I don't love that kind of very sleek look. I like, I like things to be a bit chunkier and boxier. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, I'm more gravitated okay, towards wait. those. Go on. One last question then on this. Say you up there. I will let yeah. you go on. Mel Gibson. Right. Mm. Metal Gear 3 Subsistence came out and it had that third person camera. Yeah. Do you prefer the third person camera or the traditional locked fixed camera? I prefer it fixed. I think I think the mechanics correct. are better correct. than fixed. Thank you. I passed your test. You passed are correct. Tested, right? You passed my Great. test. We can now be friends. Oh. I'm giving you one friend point. Write down, everybody. Mike gets oh. one friend point. There it is. Thank you. I'm flattered. I sounded quite sarcastic. I'm going to take away your friend point. Oh, I lost my friend point. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Oh, well. Same time next week. You hurt my feelings. Same <laughs> bat time, same bat place. I don't know what this podcast is anymore. <laughs> I've no idea. I've no I don't idea. even know when it starts or when it ends. It just does. <laughs>